Hello and welcome to Green Pass Gaming Sunday Podcast. I am your host, Flap. And as ever, we've got a, a fun, full-packed show tonight full of great topics. Really excited for tonight's show. Um, there's been some some sort of developments these week, this week. And, the, the, you know, there's some rumors that we can we can chew the fat on. So um, really looking forward to getting into tonight's topics. But uh, before we start with any of that, let's introduce the panel as normal. And first up, as ever, Puxley, how are you? Yes. Hello, everybody. I'm not too bad. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's been a good weekend, actually. A lot of gaming. I was on the... Uh... Indie Gamer podcast yesterday, or Indie Games yep. podcast yesterday evening. That was good fun. And yeah, I'm ready to jump back into the, the GPG show. Excellent. Well, um, yeah, we've got plenty to talk about tonight. Now, to be honest, you know, the, the strange thing about hosting a show on a Sunday like this is as, as the week goes goes on, there's obviously topics that come out. And, you know, there's there's quite a few podcasts out there that have already probably discussed a lot of these topics. And, that, and that's kind of fair enough. So by the time it kind of comes to us on Sunday, sometimes the topics are a little saturated. But this week's just kept on giving, actually. And we've got so much stuff that we can try and get through. So we'll, we'll try and get it all done in the two hours that we tend to try and allot ourselves. But, um, well, um, next up. Uh, back to the show for the second time, I believe. Um, we've got the rain in the house. <laughs> the rain. How you <laughs> yes. doing, my friend? Flap, GPG. It is I and I am him. The one and only still rain. Again, um, I want to thank you guys for welcoming, me, welcoming the rain back to the GPG kingdom. Excuse me. Words are getting twisted. The excitement <laughs> is there. Um, look, we got some great topics for you tonight. Again, like... Uh, like Flat was saying, I mean, we've there's been some run of the mill topics. Everybody's kind of talked about a little bit of everything, uh, but I feel like we're gonna come from a different angle, as I like to say, and uh, just put a little bit of extra flavor on it, and uh, just hopefully end your uh, week off right, right? Absolutely, yeah, and that's the thing, you know, because like you say, we like to try and tackle these sort of topics from a slightly different angle, perhaps, and and put things out there that people may not have discussed and stuff in the past. So yeah, it's always mm -hmm. great to come at these at a slightly different angle, and and helping us do that. Oh, as always, uh, regular to the show uh, and to the panel. Um, I'd like to welcome SX Two Scott. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much, Flap. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't know how I'll follow up Steel Rain's introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough, it's a tough act to follow, isn't it? So, um, yeah, look, looking forward to the show. I was actually on Steel Rain's first show, if I remember correctly, as yes, well. Yes, yes, you were. Fantastic. Good, good, good to have you back, mate. And yeah, Can you look, look, okay, here's a little test for you. Here's a little quiz for either of you. <laughs> what what gameplay footage was I playing when we did that last show? Can you remember? You were playing uh, Halo One, weren't you? Yes. Uh, well done. Done. Good man. I, I, had yeah. I had no idea. Oh yeah, I got, I, I remember. I, 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 man, I'm telling you, I, I love, I love you. What you guys do, I love the energy that you guys bring. And uh, again, SX2, I, I sharing another panel with you, man. It's, I feel like we're gonna have a good time tonight. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Look forward to it. The the reason I asked that is because I actually nearly put some more Halo footage up today because obviously, as as uh, Green Pass Gaming, we have a tournament coming up. Um, amongst many other podcasters. In fact, I might just try and download that and flash it back up on the screen if we can, um, who it is we've got in the tournament. So I will quickly go off and find that perhaps um, while sure. Puxley's talking. But, um, nice. yeah, so uh, myself, Puxley, SX2, um, and Luke Steele, we are in the team of four. We will be representing Green Pass Gaming, and we've been getting some practice in. So I thought that we might flash some of that um, up on the screen today. but. I don't know. I think perhaps we might need a little bit more practice before I feel confident <laughs> sticking, <laughs> sticking that up on the screen, if I'm completely honest. For sure. Um, 
but uh, yeah, I must try and find the the lineup of uh, who's got who. Um, but I'll do that in a sec. So, uh, well, without any further ado, let, let's get straight into topic number one, if we can. Um, I'm not quite excited for this one because it, it came out of sort of left field a little bit. Um, very strange. It, it actually came out of a Kotaku interview with uh, Phil Harrison, mm-hmm. um, and he he was obviously interviewed and 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 was questioned around you know the, the closure of the Google Stadia first party studios and he'd actually pointed out that you know Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda was one of the one of the sort of um, underlying causes and that really took me by surprise because right. I, I was really surprised that he'd kind of come out and pointed the finger at someone specific or even a you know a specific acquisition like that um and you know once a little more detail had come out you know the, the employees were told one week before that you know the studios were were making great progress on exclusives and doing really well and and a week later you know the email went round that actually sadly they were closing the studios um and it, it was a really strange situation and you know phil harrison later admitted that, that you know the email was was misleading and a mistake but um so I'll come to you first, if you don't mind, uh, Rain. Let, let's let's go yeah, with this. Yeah. How do you how do you treat Phil Harrison's response to this? Do you think that that actually had anything? You know, Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda was Enimax actually had anything to do with them closing the studios, or was it just down to bad bad management? Do you think? Uh, honestly, I would have to say it would have to be bad management because honestly, man, this is like his third time, right? Um, you've had third, your third chance up the bat to really flush out the, the market and, uh, really hit it off and you fallen again. Uh, you can't, you, you were not able to deliver. Um, I, I personally don't think that Google took it seriously enough. Um, I mean, we've seen it time and time again where Google does things and they'll drop it. Um, as part of what they do right now, there's, Google's good for a search engine. I haven't found much else outside of that. Um, of course, as we move into Android and Linux and stuff like that, they've, they've definitely, you know, pushed the, pushed the market on those things. But um, other than that, they, ha- they haven't taken gaming seriously enough. You can't, um, create teams or start developing games and and expect for a game to be out in a year you're going to just spend big boy money to uh really get really make those kinds of moves happen uh you see with microsoft is spending the 7.5 um billion dollars um is google willing to spend that kind of money that's that's kind of the question that um i always come up to uh and i don't think they are not yet um, and we see that with this. Um, they said, I don't know, we're just going to pull it back in third. We're going to do third, the third party thing. Can they be successful doing it? Maybe, but I still don't. How do you gain the back the the trust of your, uh, your fellow business partners uh, when you don't even have faith in your brand? Um, it's it's kind of like, and then you got to look over at Amazon Luna and say, hey, well, um, you could tell that Amazon's kind of working on it. They've they got a team. They're working on a game. They're trying things. Uh, they're invested, um, and we're going to see how it goes. Right now, the Microsoft buying Zenimax, sure, you could say it has a has a part to play in that. Um, your Microsoft is just <laughs> exclusified a huge genre of games. Uh, these Western RPGs that a ton of people love. Uh, how can you compete against that? Uh, especially if you're new competition. 
I, you know, people look look over to Sony and say, oh, look, I mean, look, we want Microsoft to be that, but you still have to understand that Sony still has a generation, almost two generations ahead of Xbox. Um, and we're, we're expecting the same quality of, uh, of titles, you know what I mean? And even now we've seen that... You, it took till 2013, 2018 now, uh, to the buying of Zenimax that Microsoft, we finally has proven to the people that Microsoft takes it seriously. So, um, again, when you look at Google, you look at what Stadia was doing, they promised a lot. Um, they didn't deliver day one. That's a fault. Um, you're almost, you're, what, three years in it now. Um, mm. You haven't shown anything, whereas Xbox and what they have brought is already establishing as we see um in korea and we see in japan uh the people are loving it and it's only going to get better as uh technology evolves as the internet evolves as networking involves um i mean hey it kind of it kind of is what it is i i think they're just throwing they're just trying to throw some smoke out there uh putting mm. playing the blame game you know yeah no absolutely i i just found it strange and perhaps you know i don't know if it's anything to do with phil's ties with xbox um obviously he's worked for sony and xbox i think his previous employment was was xbox wasn't it um yeah actually i don't know what he did bef between xbox and going to google actually i don't I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit vague on that part of his history so if anyone in the chat is is aware of what he did between those times um i'm not overly sure myself scott what did you make of this comment i i found it very peculiar to be honest yeah it, it's 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 a little bizarre and actually i'd just like to touch on something that Steele just mentioned there which mm. is about google taking gaming seriously mm. um, and i'd have to agree I, they don't appear to have taken it seriously i mean so so give... so yeah but so does does you know does bagging shannon stud still and, and jade raymond not mean that they're taking it seriously i mean they're, they're big names in the industry i mean i know phil probably had connections to them via sony and you know yeah. ubisoft and you know so you know is, is that not taking it seriously do you think I think the hires, at least, especially in mm. um, you know, uh, Jade Raymond's case that you mentioned mm. in particular, were were astute hires. But I think when I when I talk about them not taking it seriously, they didn't even give their first party development teams two. Was it less than two years? Was it about eighteen months, if, mm. if that that they had? So when I talk about whether they've taken it serious or not. Did they do the research to truly understand what it takes to develop a game and the and the resources and the time it takes, especially starting from scratch? And do, who who do you mean by they though? Because you by said you Google, know, they, they... Google in, in general are, are the team behind yeah. Stadia, and I guess in particular Phil Harrison, which yeah. is a little bit bizarre because Phil exactly. Harrison, despite his um, I guess numerous failures in the industry, <laughs> he must at least have a little bit of an idea. You know, that games take you know three to five years minimum really to develop, and especially if you start from scratch. Um, you look at Microsoft have obviously started up the uh, the initiative from scratch, and we're not going to see that game for for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were developing in in 2018, but. I, th I would actually like ask, I guess, everyone on the panel a question. You know, Steele mentioned, um, did they just not have the money? No, what I wonder what it was that stopped Google from actually buying Bethesda in the first place. Was it were they simply outbid by Microsoft? I mean, obviously, seven and a half billion dollars is a hell of a mm. lot of money, but for Google, for, sorry, for a company like Google or Microsoft, it's 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 not that much. So, whether outbid or 
is there an element of where Bethesda simply weren't interested in doing a deal with Google? And obviously Bethesda and, and Microsoft have, have sort of a rich history together where they're just more interested in becoming part of Microsoft's family rather than rather than Google's. But I'd have to agree with with Steele if I'm being perfectly honest. I think it's just a little bit of smoke screen. There's either two there's two outcomes here. The first one is they're lying, in which case mm. Phil Harrison that's that's not a good luck. Or secondly, they genuinely put all of their eggs in the Bethesda basket before they even secure mm-hmm. the deal. And either one of those outcomes to this is is not a good look and and shows uh, Google's lack of commitment to, to gaming. If you pinned all of your hopes on one acquisition and after that you decided, right, we're not going to do first party stuff because of that, then what was the point even trying in the first place? You know? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that that's sort of my view, but I, I would be curious to, to know uh, from the from the chat as well, you know, where where Google outbid or do you think maybe Bethesda weren't weren't really interested when, and, when it came to it? And to kind of answer Flap's question, uh, well, well, to answer Flap's question, um, he has he was the head of Sony Network of Game Studios. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that was for the PlayStation Three. Um, what did didn't that didn't do well? We know how that no, went. No. Um, he was the uh, was a senior member of Microsoft Xbox team um, for the Xbox One. I think he's um, vice and president. We know how that go. Yes, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then uh, we saw we know how that went. <laughs> yeah. And then now Stadia. Um, oh, so, okay. hmm. it, and it, so it's kind of like, and, that, and that's why I was saying it's like, this is the third time I feel like where it, maybe his expectation wasn't realistic, you know, of, of what needed to happen, or maybe Google just didn't have enough faith. Cause again, we've seen from previous ventures from Google that they will pull out if they feel like they're not going to make a return on it immediate, immediately they haven't really worked that into a way where um, they're just going to let something live kind of like how Xbox has had. But the thing that Xbox has, that's different. The thing that Sony would, would have that is different is that there's a backlog already. There's already games there. And like um, Plexley was saying, if it's going to be, um, excuse me, God, goodness. If you're going to, if you were putting all your eggs in that, but that's the basket, then yeah, you failed. That that seven point five puts you to sleep, and you weren't serious enough to say, "Oh, maybe eight. Hmm. See, um, I'm not. I, 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 I don't think um, Stadia were probably after Bethesda. I don't think. Mm. I mean, perhaps it was. Perhaps it was something they looked at. I'm not a bit like you said, Scott. I think perhaps it was more Bethesda oh, wouldn't God, wouldn't wouldn't want anything to do with um, Stadia until it's a proven platform, I guess. But um, uh, Puxley, what was your take on this sort of this strange thing? And to be honest, it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just the the Microsoft acquisition of Bethesda that was blamed. There's things like COVID as well. But um, just a very strange situation to be in, I think. Yeah, I mean, I kind of mirror both Steel and SX2's comments already. But um, it kind of, it kind of, this reminds me of when we had a chat about this a couple of weeks ago regarding like both Google and Amazon Luna. And it reminds me of the gaming gamesindustry.biz article I read about how, you know, both of the, you know, I'm not going to bring Amazon to the mix, but both Amazon and uh, Google follow a very data-centric approach when it comes to development, whereas mm. the gaming sphere, I think it's a very, game development is in a very interesting position in the world of software development because it's not just writing code and making pixels move on a screen. Is you know, you've got all sorts of technical art involved, general creative side of things, marketing. You know, there's all sorts of. It's not just writing code and then job done by a team of 
50 hmm. or whatever, you know, you might have like 50 coders on a team working on different parts of it. And you've obviously got people working on like UI and you've got artists involved and it's this complete iterative process where, you know, these big companies, corporate businesses like Google that, you know, that are very data driven and their tool sets are very streamlined as well. You know, when you're making things for the web, for example, as Google's domain is web development, right? Um, and web services. I mean, there are frameworks and tools which exist which streamline that whole process. And you don't need these big teams of, you know, as I say, artists, all this kind of thing. A lot of the web tools are obviously, you know, you have a set of requirements for a tool that you wish to make. You code it up, you get some art assets made by your UI team, and then you throw it in into this one big framework and tool, and it's done for you. But game development is not like that at all. I say it takes, as as uh, SX2 was saying, this takes years to make a final product, and it takes millions of power of dollars or whatever to get these products out the window. But but and if I- you're Google, if you're Google. Don't don't once you've once you've employed Phil Harrison, don't you sit back and then think, well, he's going to get it sorted out. He's been in the industry, God knows how long. You know, he's worked for Sony, he's worked for Microsoft. You know, he's been around. This is a guy that knows how to do things, what he's doing, and and perhaps that's just not the case. It, it could well be that, or it could be someone even higher up, probably suggesting that why are we going to spend all this money? It shouldn't cost this much. And maybe it's the higher ups, which might have pushed things like Stadia in the first place, which may well have misunderstood actually how much is required to make a game, one that you're going to try and sell. I mean, this kind of mirrors the whole Amazon argument of, you know, they want every one of their Amazon games to be a billion dollar franchise. Like you don't just wish for that, hire a talent and then expect that to happen. You have to, you know, the term find the fun is the fundamental part of making a game. You can't, Making games is not a data-driven process in that mm-hmm. just following data alone makes a great game. Like, no, you have to you have to prototype. You have to completely iterate over prototypes. You have to find out what is fun to play and what, as players, people will be willing to pay for to play. That's the other big question as well. And I, I get a feeling that Google may, may well mirror Amazon in their approach that oh, well, everyone's playing Call of Duty at the moment, or everyone's playing League of Legends at the moment. Let's just make clones of these games, but put our spin on it. And then actually, mm. out of nowhere, the market has changed once again, as it always does. And now this other game is, you know, Fortnite, for example, is now the hottest thing on the scene, or Rocket League, or whatever else the new thing is. You know, it's changing all the time. And I'm, I'm kind of wondering if maybe Google are just maybe can't keep up with this, because the data is changing all the time. Maybe their systematic approach to this is just not adequate, for a game development environment. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And to be honest, Luke Steele's just put something interesting in the chat. And I suspect what Phil was hinting at is simply that Google were not prepared to make uh, the type of significant investment into first parties as others have. Um, and that's fine. And perhaps I'll come to you with this, Scott. That's fine. So what is their plan? Does that mean Stadia is now dead? Or, or, or are they just going to, um, you know, what's the USP for Stadia? I can't see any hook to, to actually buy into the Stadia system. And if I can't see that, I suspect others do as well. So does that, is that, is this the beginning of the end? Um, you know, without, without significant and unique first party titles, uh, and particularly when you've got Amazon chasing at their heels and, and Microsoft obviously got the uh, X cloud already up and running. What's the point of Stadia at this point? I think, ultimately the answer is there isn't there isn't much yeah. point i think that's maybe part of the problem that google have gotten is obviously one of the reasons that that they made this decision obviously we don't have any figures to my knowledge or at least i couldn't find any but i do wonder how well is it doing how many stadia pro subscribers are they currently getting how mm-hmm. what what game sales like on there 
Now, personally, just just from my perspective, I was interested in Stadium, mainly just from a technology standpoint. I've tried most of the streaming services that are, that are available. And personally, I think Google Stadia was, from a technology standpoint, the best performing out the ones that I've tried. I've tried xCloud. I've tried uh, GeForce Now and uh, PlayStation Now as well. And from a technology standpoint, it was probably the best experience. But ultimately, the, the side that let them down was the business model around how you actually acquire games. And they were asking people to essentially rebuy games because mm. none of the games were exclusive to the platform bar maybe I think one sort of smaller indie title, which um, with sort of, uh, I guess, I, I don't want to have any sort of disrespect towards uh, independent game development, but obviously that isn't what's going to bring the subscribers in. I think ultimately it's just a case of, yeah, it's more or less dead at this point, but I'd probably argue it was more or less dead on arrival in, in my opinion, because mm. the business model from my perspective was wrong from the beginning. I think what Stadia will become now is simply a technology in the same way, you know, Amazon has AWS, Amazon Web Services that is used by millions of companies around the globe. And generally people won't really know too much about it, but as a sort of a, a technology that's run in the background, it's everywhere. I suspect Stadia will prove to be something similar for maybe other game developers. You've got companies out there like Ubisoft, EA, Activision, big publishers who are maybe looking to get into that space without maybe partnering with Microsoft or, or Sony. And maybe they'll try to use their technology for um, for their own services. I think that's the that's the way it'll go. If I was to predict, I think by the end of this year, or maybe some point next year, at least within the next eighteen months, I think sort of as a platform for consumers to use. I don't think Stadia will be around much much longer than that at all. Wow! I, I mean, Im- imagine the people that bought the Founders Edition and have bought games on the service and stuff. I mean, wow! <laughs> See, and that's what makes it the worst. And that's why I say, I mean, how do you expect for your fellow companions to do to want to even join your adventures anymore if you're just willing to drop the ball i mean look i mean you just got to look at the situation how long do you give stadia then rain i mean unless google makes a heavy investment i can only give it a couple more years so where, where do you think this leaves Amazon and Luna then? Like, I mean, we've had, we did discuss this last week, actually, but do you think that leaves them rubbing their hands thinking, brilliant, you know, there's one one huge player gone in the market, or do you think they're thinking, oh, blummy, you know, one giant's fallen? Um, it's, it's one of those things. I don't think Amazon's necessarily worried about it either because Amazon's taking their time. Amazon has a, a subscription base. Um, they just don't have enough in their service to warrant to for anyone to get it. Um at the moment, I feel, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's just my personal take on that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think Pugs is right as well. I think perhaps, perhaps, you know, it's easy to be blame Phil Harrison for, for lots of things. And, you know, if we're going to blame him for anything, let's blame him for that awful email he sent a week before. Kind <laughs> of, um, See, and I wouldn't know. blame him, though. I, I would just say I just think it's I personally just think it's Google. I mean, the fact that he's at the it's kind of he's at the forefront of it. Just well, makes it worse. Exactly. I mean, that's what it's kind of coming <laughs> to, really. He's kind of at the sharp end, isn't he? But perhaps, like you say, perhaps he just couldn't keep the, the people above him at bay right. with actually how this industry bloody works and, and what you know their expectations and things like that but uh exactly. yeah pucks um what's what's going on in the chat at the moment oh yeah a lot of people kind of agreeing what the panel was saying from what i've what i've seen so far i've got two safe comments at the moment uh one of them from wakanda xbox news today who says uh to be honest if you look close at the business model of stadia it's not as uh, sorry, it's not good for a number of reasons. Plus, to sign up for all the content, it can work out costly, and people will not do that. 
absolutely. Uh, and that's why Luna is probably in a better position than Google, more or less from day one, because of the business model that they have attributed to it. It's I, I can't comment on Luna personally. I've not tried it. I think it's actually limited to the US still at the moment. Yeah, at the moment but, yeah. you know, they've got a subscription that's uh, maybe something up to $10 a month, but you get a selection of games similar to Game Pass. So you're not going to have to go and rebuy it. And then they've also got that, um, essentially, it's kind of like add-ons. They've got a Ubisoft add-on, essentially, where you can get Ubisoft games day and date, um, similar to Ubisoft's own um, subscription platform that they've got. And I think just from a business model perspective that's a far smarter way to go and i think from that perspective amazon will have a little bit more success with luna compared to stadia and at least amazon have tried to release a game a little unsuccessfully if i remember rightly they had to sort of yes. take it back and it went back into it. it went back into beta didn't it and then it Did got cancelled yeah, yeah, yeah madness canceled. madness but yeah. at least you know they've tried in some sense but they do have the mmo that i think is due to release this year so you know that's at least two game development projects that you can mm. at least say that they did almost from start to finish and have attempted to release so i think just that alone i'll be unsuccessful results so far shows a little bit more of a commitment to actual first party game development but then also the fact that they seem to have um, taken a smart approach when it comes to the actual subscription service and the business model behind it in my opinion will mean amazon have a little bit more success than than stadia whether that turns into something bigger or, or, or not obviously another matter entirely but I, I think at least it'll be a little bit more successful no absolutely and, and to be honest puxley let's come back to yourself i mean this this makes like you know xbox game pass and xcloud look fantastic doesn't it in comparison you know oh, it definitely just, it just shows you how ridiculously strong microsoft's hand is right now on on the games both game streaming and game service platform oh 100 um I do want to quickly just add on to what Scott was saying, actually, because um, at least when I had a go at uh, kind of the, uh, Google, uh, yeah, Google Stadia, like one month trial, um, I know what uh, SX2 was saying there about, you know, with Amazon Luna, how they bundle in some games on their model. But I believe Google do the same thing as well. So when you sign up for their pro model, they do have like a list of like, oh, you're part of a Google uh, Stadia subscription. Yeah. You're going to get these games every, like every once in a while and you can claim them, which is great all the while that you're paying. Um, and equally, all, just, all the while the servers alive, and all the while the servers alive. <laughs> yeah. But I equally, think it's similar to games with gold that uh, pogs. But so, sorry to interrupt, but um, at least when it launched, there was only Destiny Two that was available for pro subscribers. So you paid them ten quid a month or whatever it was, and the only game you got as part of that ten pound a month was Destiny Two, which obviously ended up being free to play anywhere. So you only really got the expansions that, mm. that, that came. I know with. when I played it. Did I know when I tried it back in November. Yeah. I think there was, I think there was at least twenty titles that I claimed and had yeah. a go at, which was quite good. But I mean, I appreciate what you're saying now about releasing smaller, um, you know, selection of games of your main subscription. But I don't know if I think the same way, and that I think Amazon will have much more success. I don't know. I just I feel like if anything, Amazon are more behind than Google when it comes to this. I, I kind of find it strange why they're restricting it to testing in the US. But then I, I'm not sure if any of this is mainly just a global impact on. On well, rather the global outlook on streaming in general when it comes to gaming, because you need to have a, I know, by a num by official numbers, you don't need to have the fastest connection to do basic game streaming, but to have a, um, to have a really good performing streaming 
you know, experience, you need to have a moderately decent connection speed. And I know there's yeah. a lot of parts in the US which have great connections, obviously, and equally loads that don't. The same applies in the UK. You've got areas which have fantastic connection speeds and loads that don't. But then I think there's a lot of countries in the world which primarily will not have a sufficient internet connection speed to handle it. So I'm not sure if if both Google and Amazon in their entirety are maybe fighting a losing battle yeah. when it comes to this, or rather they need to wait an extremely long time for the rest of the world to to try and catch up with their own infrastructures, if you get what I mean. Yeah. Um, but to now answer what you were saying, Flap, um, I completely agree that Microsoft is in a very good boat in the fact that they've got their own xCloud service. Because um, I think you know it's in a very similar game as as both Google and Amazon. But the difference I find is that obviously Microsoft with XCloud, they're not betting on XCloud. It's just an extension of what already exists, and it's another option to choosing whether you want to buy more. Mm. If you still would like to buy an Xbox One, if you don't want to go for the brand new stuff, or you can invest in a Series S or X, or you can play on PC and get it all together. So. Microsoft in a very good foot to to answer your question, but I think it's mainly because they've got about four other choices to enjoy the Xbox ecosystem compared to the competition of streaming, if that makes sense. But, but I guess my point was, you know, as a backdrop, you know, when everyone saw Google were sort of entering into the game market and doing this sort of thing, it was all very interesting and, and people were kind of, you know, very intrigued to know how it was going to work. But like I say, it just shows you how strong Microsoft's hand are and, and how far advanced they are of pretty much everyone else at this point with this kind of technology, to be honest. And if, you know, in, in my head... You know, if Google can't do it, then it must be difficult. And, you know, I do appreciate there is lots of management issues around that and, and perhaps their expectations far outweigh what it is they were able to deliver in the time frame. But, um, yeah, like I say, it just shows you Microsoft, uh, you know, they're pacing themselves, taking it slowly. They, they seem to have a clear vision of of what to do and how to do it, which which is what seemed to be lacking from the Google Stadia approach. Mm, that's tr- uh, Just to add that, I mean, I agree with what um, SX2 was saying in that, I've, I mean, I've not tried ones like GeForce Now or some of the other, what well, mm. I'd say, smaller ones, if that makes sense, or maybe lesser known yeah, yeah. ones. But out of the ones I have tried, I mean, my Google Stadia experience was far better than the xCloud experience overall. Like, the experience oh. is very well done. Like, it, it, it was almost seamless. I mean, my first proper experience when I had the trial was, was trying to play Sniper Elite 4, which mm-hmm. it's not the most fast-paced game like Call of Duty, but it's still it gets relatively manic if you get spotted. You're running around in a big open world and stuff. And for me, the experience was absolutely flawless. When when I first tried XCloud, um, you know, I did have a few little teething problems and issues of it originally. Mm. Um, so in terms of user experience, I think do Google have definitely got the infrastructure in place, and I definitely agree that um, again, as as SX2 was saying, that I can definitely see Google maybe I don't know outsourcing their technology perhaps maybe licensing it out or maybe turning it into part of their business model to use the technology rather than running their own service. So it'd be interesting to see where they do take it in the long term. You know, I'm really keen to see where it goes because, you know, I don't know if they're just going to kill it off or, or how they're going to run the service down if they do. It's going to be a very interesting thing to, to sort of witness from the sidelines. I goes this is this I suppose this is why people don't put all their eggs in Google's basket though because Google are very well known for hyping up new yeah. products and then out of nowhere just binning it off out of nowhere you know there is a, there's a Google graveyard isn't it there? there's a website yeah. dedicated to the Google graveyard of, <laughs> of services and things that they've shut down even something as silly as I mean I've bought into the Google assistant and Google home sort of uh, thing. So I've got how many? I've got about four or five Google speakers and I've got one Chromecast and things like that. But 
you know, even seeing this, that kind of worries me because, you know, even that's been rebranded as Google Nest and stuff. And it's a very fast moving industry and uh, company, obviously. But I just, yeah, all of a sudden I feel uncomfortable buying anything Google almost because of this sort of, you know, if it doesn't work or if it doesn't make us a trillion dollars within the first year, then then we'll walk away from it. It doesn't it doesn't promote very good sort of um, customer satisfaction or, or um, confidence. Yeah, I think um, you know, using that example there, Flap, um, the Google Home, we we've got a couple here in the house. I mean, they're mm. what about thirty-five pound each, yeah. something along those lines. They're they're obviously you know uh, luxury items, I guess, but they're they're not that expensive. You were paying full price for these games on the Stadia platform, mm. 50, 60 quid for these games. Now, <laughs> imagine if the service does go away and you've invested hundreds of pounds. Some people will service. have done exactly, and, exactly. and really. One of the biggest, and the reason I said before that I think that within 80 months it's, as a consumer platform won't be here is the later that they made that decision, they're likely going to have to make a decision as to how do they compensate mm. paying customers if or when the service does go. And the longer it goes on, the bigger that compensation is likely to be. Um, but also consumer confidence in Stadia as a platform is likely to lead to less people using it and yes less people spending money on it and the, if people aren't spending money on stadia then 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 what's the then what's the point unless exactly. they totally revamp the business model behind it and maybe go to a model similar to, to game pass but i think if they're going to do that they would have done that by now um but yeah like 60 quid a game if you buy two or three games you know between 100 150 quid that you've mm. that you spent that you know you, you potentially could lose and from my perspective that's why Outside the trial, I was never going to invest any sort of money in that platform. At least with Xbox, with no. Game Pass, um, you're getting the games. You can download the games, you can play them offline. You don't have to subscribe. And, and Pucks made a fantastic point that xCloud is just one of the pillars mm -hmm. of Microsoft's ecosystem. Mm -hmm. You can simply buy the game. You don't have to subscribe. You've got those options, and xCloud is 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 just one of them. And that will give people confidence to, to go into the Xbox ecosystem, and especially if you're comparing the two services outside of the technology, which I completely agree with Pucks, that Google was the best of the ones that I've tried. Hmm. You know, when you just compare them side by side, it's a no-brainer. It, it really is a no-brainer. I can't imagine anyone's getting into gaming right now to exclusively use game <laughs> streaming yeah. services. Yeah, fact. You know, and and that's a problem that both Amazon and, and Google are going to have to have to contend with, especially uh, as Puck quite rightly pointed out in the states, especially with the states' issues with data caps. We don't have them here in the UK, or at least I'm not aware of any services actually having data caps. Um, in the states, obviously, they're very very um, common which is just Thanks. another hindrance so i have a data cap so i definitely <laughs> i definitely yeah on that. exactly um yeah and, and to be honest when i saw that they were walking away from the first party studios the first thing i was thinking oh they're going to go into the acquisition business they're just going to go around buying loads of studios in so rather than you know taking the time and effort to create their own first party studios they're just going to do what microsoft do and just open the checkbook and buy loads of things but then thinking about it it's like well which companies would actually want to be bought by Google, who would want to be on that platform? Because, like exactly. you say, you know, it's a very yeah. tenuous path to tread if you're a if you're a software, dev you know, yeah. if you're a developer. Or so I don't think any gaming company worth their salt exactly. would be willing to give themselves up to the powers of Google, would they? No, no, <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, thank you. That's yeah. I, I, I like I say, I, I knew that was going to be kind of an interesting topic, and it was just bizarre that Phil Harrison had blamed or pointed the finger at Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda. Exactly. Um, but before we do move on, there, there has been a, a sort of a rumor. I think it came out today, actually, Scott. Uh, apparently, there's a, a potential Bethesda event 
happening fairly soon once the acquisition is done. What did you make of that, Scott? Yeah, I've not actually um, listened to the podcast. So if I remember correctly, I think it was um, the source of the the rumor came from Jeff Grubb of um, mm. Gamesbeat. I think he discussed it on the most recent Games Gamesbeat Decides podcast. And I, I think anyone um, who was sort of uh, particularly last summer with um, Jeff Grubb's summer games yeah. mess, um, well, no, he he seems to know his stuff and seems to have sources. So it's it's probably worth you know. Um, you know, treating that rumor, you know, as something that is is likely to happen, and I think it just kind of makes sense. I think there are so many questions at the moment about Bethesda, what games they've got, not necessarily what games they've got in development, maybe more around when these games games are coming out, and obviously the big big question is around whether they're going to be exclusive to to Xbox or not. So I think it's probably important for both Microsoft and Bethesda to get out there and sort of just put everything out on the table as soon as that acquisition is completed and as soon as they've they finalized plans. Uh, my understanding is that they sort of legally can't do certain things yeah. until the acquisition is approved. So there's likely going to be a delay between the acquisition being approved and those plans being finalized. But I think the earliest opportunity they're likely to come out and just outline what it means for Bethesda, Bethesda games, and more importantly, Xbox um, players. And I tweeted about it a little bit earlier, and I think uh, I've, I've been of, the, of this opinion since, since it was first announced. I think if this event does come on, it'll start with Phil Spencer, He'll say everything you're about to see is exclusive to Xbox and Windows. Oh. He'll then ha- he'll then hand mm. over to, to to his good friend Todd Howard, and then you yeah. won't hear from Phil Spencer or anyone from Xbox. It'll be purely Bethesda from from that point going forward. Are you sure and you so- haven't written the bloody show notes for this? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it, doesn't it? Well, because yeah. now you've said that, yeah, I can absolutely visualize it. I can. Absolutely yeah, I, I think that. I think that's that's how it'll go. I mean, obviously. People are quite opinionated about the whole exclusive mm. uh, topic that's gone around, but that, that's how I see it playing playing out. And then there's obviously been rumors for months from now about Starfield and potentially that coming out in 2021. So it's likely that might get a big blowout at, at, at this event as well. Um, that that's how I see it going. I know a lot of people are maybe of a of a different opinion, but um, yeah, I, I think I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be really good for Xbox and Phil Spencer in particular to get out and just tell everyone why it is because as soon as that acquisition is approved the questions aren't going to stop is this exclusive to xbox is this exclusive to xbox is it coming to playstation those questions will never stop until they come out and address it and i think they'll use that as an opportunity to just get out and put all the cards on the table and ensure everyone's aware of exactly what that means Absolutely, yeah. And to be honest, still rain. Do, do, do you think that's what's going to happen? And to be honest, Wakanda's just called it Bethesda Fest, so that's actually known for that one. Um, yeah, D- does that almost have to happen, do you think, just to just to allay, I wouldn't say fears, but just to allay anyone's sort of concerns around exclusivity? And like you say, is that a great platform to springboard um, Starfield from? I mean, complete. to be completely honest, yeah. It, I mean, I feel like an event definitely would need to happen. Um, if that's the rumor that's going around right now, as we all have been hearing, uh, I I do definitely think something has to happen. Once you close that deal, drop an event and let people know what is going to happen, Um, especially if you're going to make these games exclusive. Um, I know a lot of people are like on the on the fence of whether making games exclusive for certain platforms is is okay or not, or um, if this should be here or that should be there. Um, At the end of the day, man. There wouldn't be two different platforms if there were not exclusives to play those platforms. If everything is everywhere, um, that makes this argument with certain pieces of plastic irrelevant. Um, Again, it's just like different brands of clothes. It could be different teams. It could be whatever it might be. We have our favorites. Um, And it's just important for Microsoft to 
officially announce that they are completely serious, right? Because I think that's what everybody is looking for. Is Microsoft serious? Phil keeps saying that he doesn't like content being taken away from players. Um, is Phil serious about making these games exclusive? Because personally for me, if he does not make the games exclusive, yes, the whole conversation of that people have of what's the reason to buy an xbox becomes extremely real and then you really have to question the platform you again there's there's exclusives for a reason and I, I, honestly at this point with xbox giving accessibility to honestly every other platform other than maybe your so-called your favorite platform um there has to be those differences. Um, they're still a business. They still want to want to make money, and they still want to drive competition. Um, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. Um, and I, again, I, I think I think with this, it's really going to set the precedence for Microsoft for the next three years. Um, personally, I, I kind of have a uh, my own ledge. I I would I would say that I would die on is that in within the next three years, I feel like everyone. Is going to, is it's going to you? You're going to be unable to say that Xbox or Game Pass is not worth it. You're you, you're not going to be able to say it. You you're either going to be subscribed to it or you're just going you're going to be in the bushes, as they say. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. And to be honest, you know, someone as I think who's just said that Pong Sol just said that you know someone as huge as Bethesda, you know, I mean they had their own event at E3. So you know, are, are they just going to creep back into the shadows of Microsoft? And you know, during the Microsoft event, there's going to be a oh by the way, this is the Bethesda stuff. Or do you think mm. they're still going to have their own event because you know they've got so many studios? It's such a huge kind of undertaking and, and an acquisition. Are they still going to do their own thing? Do you think? I think they should. I think they're still do their thing. I mean, again, mm. I mean. Microsoft doesn't usually do what the last they usually do the E3 thing um which they're not going to do as we all know um they do it around June so I could definitely see doing something during the summer they could do something in March to really you know clarify everything that's going on with the Bethesda deal the Senate Max deal um to let people know what's going on with that and then do a specific conference for themselves mm. uh, during the summer to really hype up the summer and get everything amped up because again you have to start that hype cycle up again for halo um and what other best what, what's the best time to do it during the summer dropping a beta um or whatever they they may have planned telling telling your um everybody that's invested uh your consumers uh, the games that we that that you have down the pipeline, giving more trailers out, give really actually giving us more gameplay, uh, and just overall just getting that hype cycle ramp right back up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to be honest, I don't know if you've heard today, Pucks, but apparently um, there's some more rumors around uh, Microsoft perhaps acquiring Techland mm -hmm. and, and with it Dying Light 2, Pucks. So, uh, you know, have, have you heard that? And, and apparently, you know, if there is going to be any sort of announcement, it will be after the, the Bethesda. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, exactly. No, I hadn't heard that at all. That's completely news to me, as, you, mm. as you've just told me. Um, <clears throat> Well, I guess anything's possible, right? If you want me to, to oh, give yeah, my no, opinion exactly. on it. I mean, I don't really know what else yeah. to say, if I'm honest. Um, you know, if, if a company like Microsoft are willing to put $7.5 to acquire ZeniMax and Bevesta, then, mm -hmm. well, then why wouldn't they <laughs> Why wouldn't they try buying the Dying Light series or any of the other series, exactly. right? You know what? The more I see of that game as well, the more I really want to play it. it. It looks fantastic. I'm really excited to play that. So if it does become, again, you know, as a Microsoft exclusive, because the rumors are that they've not only just you know, potentially purchase Techland, but also the, the, the you know, the rights to um, Dying Light 2 as well. So, um, 
Mm, will be an interesting one to see. Um, right. Thank you, everyone, in the chat. Uh, we've not really done the chat at all. So, yeah, thank you, everyone, for being here. Are we caught up with the chat just before we move on, Pucks? Uh, well, I've got a number of new comments if you want me Go to read these out. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I've got one here from Carlos Damara who says, I believe the majority of future games will be exclusive. I can't see mm-hmm. Xbox sending $7.5 billion to not have exclusivity. Yep, uh, exactly. Pong Soul says, whether true or not, they absolutely need to do a show and they need to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wakanda Xbox News Today says, rumours um, there will be... Sorry. Rumours they will be internally discussing the working relationship and a roadmap as so... Um, as so as the approval is given the other rumour is that a, as PC market is worth more than console so exclusive to Xbox Console uh, hmm. also mentions here just like we talked about the other week ZeniMax slash Bevesta is too big to just try to absorb into Microsoft slash Xbox the name has power and they need exactly. to be given a stage yeah absolutely no, all valid points and um, yeah it's it's a very interesting time I think within the next couple of weeks we're going to have some some big topics to discuss and talk about I think and I'm really excited for that because mm, you know to you know traditionally sort of January February are normally pretty quiet months but we've never been in this situation where you know Microsoft are on the verge of, of you know acquiring someone as huge as Zenimax Studios but not only that it may also unlock um, some other information that they're holding back at this moment in time, you know, without wanting to sort of dilute the the news of the Bethesda acquisition and stuff. So that's all exciting as well. Um, yeah, no, chat, thank you very much for being here, everyone. Great to see you all. Thank you. I'll just do a very quick roll call. So we've got Pong Souls on the show uh, last time we had a show. Hey. Excellent. Welcome to the chat, Wakanda. Stubbs, um, welcome to the chat, my seco. Oh, my goodness me. Carlos Damara. I'm uh, just scrolling up through the list. Dragon Wolf. Um, Guys, it's always fantastic to see you. Thank you all for being here. Anyone I ever mentioned, thanks for being here. It was absolutely great. And I did mention that we have actually been practicing for our Halo tournament, and I did say flash on the screen the uh, the roster. So this is where we currently sit. We're obviously um, down in the bottom left corner, and we're going to be playing XBL, uh, XBL Party Podcast. Uh, we're not sure what that is. I think the, the, the tournament starts on March the 6th. But as you can see there, that's the lineup. So how far we'll get, we don't know, do we, boys? Um, <laughs> we're getting some practice in. Uh, I can't help feeling that I am the ball and chain of the party, if I'm completely honest. <laughs> oh, because man. I tell you, I, I am really struggling moving from <laughs> Call of Duty to uh, to Halo. In fact, I was going to do a little video on it, actually, because you know I, I'm used to, on Call of Duty, being able to probably wipe out three enemies with one magazine. Right. You, you know, if things fall, if the cards fall right, you, you can do that quite easily in Call of Duty. But in Halo, you're looking at an entire clip and, and possibly a reload and a little bit more. And all of those need to land, you know, those shots. So I'm really struggling with that, if I'm honest. Um, but, you know, practice makes perfect, as they say. So, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I, I am enjoying it. I find it as frustrating as hell. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I think we've both had moments where we're yeah. just swearing at the screen thinking, <laughs> why is this happening? This shouldn't be a thing, you know. Not- <laughs> but it's all good fun. We still enjoy it. It's just, exactly. Yeah. No, exactly. And like you say, it's all about the fun aspect of it. And, you know, it's just really great picking up some extra skills because, you know, they they can traverse into other games and stuff. But uh, Scott's right. our man. Scott and Luca are our men, I'm afraid. Pax and I are just bringing up the rear. No, you can <laughs> actually really, really good. 
you were there, considering it's the first time you've played Halo in a long, in a yeah. long time, or even at all, especially coming from from Call of Duty. If I give you some advice, Flap, um, just drop Call of Duty and play the superior game. You know? Well, you know what? I, I nearly had a, I nearly had a good session on Call of Duty today, and I was thinking, no, I can't, I can't, I don't want to screw up my muscle memory. I can't do that. So I, I've got to stick with Halo for the time being. So, you know, fair point. So, yeah. Excellent. Okay, well, let's um, yeah, let's move on with the second topic. And actually, before we do, obviously, a bit of an elephant in the room. Obviously, our Twitter account has been unfortunately hacked, uh, and whatever mm. it is they did, they've they've obviously managed to get the account suspended, which is most frustrating, as I'm sure you can probably imagine. We put a lot of time and effort into building up the the, the Twitter channel, and to be honest, you know that that's the channel or the account that actually supplements our, our YouTube channel and and how we get information out. To, to people in our community and obviously you know we've been staffed a little bit with that so i really appreciate anyone that's that's sort of retweeted and shared our our posts and stuff so i'm really grateful to our fantastic community it really blows me away every single time so thank you to each and every one of you that's helped you know spread the word for even for this podcast alone um you know uh, and with any luck we may get our account back we may not but but talking about that we have set up a dedicated um discord server we were setting it all up today, wasn't we, Pucks? Um, yes, it's all ready to go if people want to join that. We'd very exactly. much love to have you all here. So I, I will bring it up again at the end of the show, but we'll be sending, we'll be posting a link in the description below, and obviously we'll be posting it out on social media as well. So if you want to come and meet us on the on the Discord channel, we will. And we also plan to do some bit more game streaming straight to Discord as well. So, um, yeah, keep your eyes get, open for that. Get in that Discord, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Right. Well, let's move on to the second topic then, which is the um, Xbox frames per second upgrade. And we, we kind of knew it was coming, didn't we? I mean, we'd, we'd seen some some footage of Fallout 4, I believe, running with this mm. enhancement, although it was only a video and none of us actually managed to get our hands on it. But um, yeah, I think it, I think this was first touted sort of mid last year when the when the Series X and Series S was um, kind of first, um, you know, some of the first feature sets were starting to come out and they were able to up frame or, or frame P- or FPS boost certain Xbox One titles. And I, I always thought it was an amazing thing to do. And apparently it's all done through machine learning and, and they can tackle it mm. without any developer intervention at all, which is fantastic. And uh, this week, kind of out of the blue, we were treated to our first selection of games that um, that actually have this feature. Uh, I think we've got Far Cry 4, which is what's playing today. And I actually down, I've got it on disc, this game. So I actually installed it and it, it did a 1.7 gig patch. Um, and as part of that, I got the new frame FPS boost. And if you press the Xbox guide button during your game, in the top right corner, not only do you see auto HDR, it also now says, um, you know, FPS boost as well. So you know which games have got FPS boost um, on them as well. So that's fantastic mm-hmm. to see. We've got Sniper Elite 4, Watch Dogs 2, EA Sports UFC 4, and New Super Lucky's Tale, which is probably the oddest one in the bunch because not only is it up uh, framed, it's gone all the way up to 120 frames per second as well, which is fantastic. Um, Panel, what do we make of this? Have you guys tried any of the up framing at all? Let's go to you first. Steel Rain, if you don't mind. Uh, personally, for me, no, I have not. Um, I have not uh, been able to acquire one of those fantastic series consoles yet, um, oh. but I have experienced, the, experienced these things on PC. Um, so I definitely can relate to the frame boost, um, and it's important because uh, you're, it's a lot. A lot more people are going to be able to experience something that I've always kind of 
had the opportunity to experience. Uh, I've been in between PC gaming and console gaming since I was young. Uh, my father had got me into it, so it's always been another outlet of mine. Um, having the experience to, uh, well, being able to put that more out into the wild so that more people have access to it so we can really see what's generation changing, um, the direction that we really need to move in is, I feel like, is extremely important. And I, and I feel like that's what Xbox is really stating um, with this whole frame boost model um, and what they have done with back compat. Again, um, I believe it was the Everborn Saga. Some people might be familiar with him. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a great guy on YouTube. I, I, I think it was him that said something similar to this, but um, you have to treat games like pieces of art. And, we, and you should be able to take your art with you. Um, especially once you, especially if you're invested in it. Uh, we invest into these games. Um, we get so involved in these worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, and back in the day, it was kind of one of those things where we just move forward. You throw the old games away. Uh, but now, as we've seen with Nintendo, Nintendo, because they're just so great at just doing that, um, and it's become so accepted, re-release old games um, and give them kind of a new coat of paint um, where Xbox is giving you the developers the opportunity to frame boost games um, and to get them to that from 30 to 60 to 60 to 120 to really give the user a better experience overall is the next gen, um, I would say, title that we're moving for. That's next gen. Um, and that's what I feel like is something that everybody has to understand. It's not about graphics. It's not about power. It's, it's, it's not about any of that. Um, it's about you as the gamer um, becoming more involved in these worlds and more involved in um what the developers are starting to create because everything is 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 becoming to uh, a middle ground uh, or as they say moore's law um everything is we we've, we've reached a peak there's only so much further we can go um now it's just about you feeling your games you know and you do absolutely feel the difference when you're running at a higher frame rate that's without exactly. a shadow of a doubt 100 sx2 have you have you had a chance to try any of these I've not had a chance to try any myself, Flap, mainly because the I guess the the games that they've put on offer so far are relatively limited and on games that I would typically play. I've already completed New Super Lucky's Tale mm. and I think on the One X and the Series X, Super New Super Lucky's Tale is at sixty FPS. I think yeah. it's only thirty FPS on the on the One S or, or the original mm. one. So yeah, yeah. Um, if you, if you played it on the One X or the, or the Series X, it's uh, it's getting boosted from sixty to one twenty rather than thirty to one twenty. Mm. Um, but I'm, I've, I haven't really played any of the others, mainly because they're not really games that that interest me. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm not too big on Far Cry or Sniper Elite and Watch Dogs Two. I played the first one, but I wasn't really overly interested in, in, in that one. So it'll be more of a wait and see thing for me uh, to see what sort of games they happen to boost um, in the in the future. I know Jason Ronald mentioned that they were testing numerous games and mm. hopefully that list will get quite uh, will get bigger quite quickly. So it'll be mm. one that, that I'll keep an eye on. But I think it's a it's a pretty cool feature. I mean sixty FPS is always better than thirty pretty much in right. all cases. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to see what games they actually do it and then it, it, it will probably incentivize me to go back and try maybe an older game that I haven't actually played yet just to either check it out or to finally play a game where maybe it's suffered because of old generational hardware. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. And to be honest, well, before I actually come on to that point, but Il Seppo, I when I was watching the Jason Ronald um, 
podcast with uh, Major Nelson today, he said that the um, <clears throat> the FPS boost on when you press the Xbox Guide button would be coming to later uh, OS system updates. Now, mm. obviously, anyone on the Insider program, I'm guessing, possibly already has that. So if you're not on the Insider program and don't have the latest OS, then you might not see that popping up on the uh, guide button, but that doesn't necessarily mean to say that it's that you're not actually getting those extra frames. It's just yeah. not um, showing up as the you know FPS boost at the moment. But I think with the next OS update, you probably start to see that. Or you could always join the Xbox Insider program. Um, I think if you just uh, do a search on Xbox Insider program, you can sign yourself up for that, and you'll get all the latest OS updates, and you get to see stuff early. Um, Pucks, yeah, you, I think you've mentioned that you haven't really played um, Far Cry before. Um, does this does this entice you in? F uh, FPS boost on its own isn't enough to entice me into a game that I wasn't <laughs> okay. originally too interested in. Um, but I had started giving a go at Sniper Elite Four, but I have, but I've tried started trying out that game before FPS boost had been released as a patch. Hmm. So even playing on a Series X, I mean, uh, you know, Sniper Elite Four is an Xbox One game being played in back compat, so the frame rate is all over the place. And I've just seen a comment as well from Wakanda, Xbox News Today in the chat, who's just said that he's tried um, Sniper Elite as well, and apparently the game feels a lot better just because mm. of FPS boost. So I definitely need to go back, jump back into that game soon. Uh, and with uh, Super Lucky's, or New Super Lucky's Tower, I mean, I've played both of those and finished all of those completely, so unfortunately there's no real reason for me to jump back in anyway. Um, oh, you did you did mention on Indie's show that you were playing that, didn't you? Yeah, I was doing some achievement kind of clearing mm. up on new Super Lucky's Tower as well as the original Super Lucky's Tower, which came out before this one. Uh, yeah, if you if you if you want to know, I've I've got my one thousand G for new Super Lucky's Tower now. Um, well done. <laughs> I was kind of finishing it for the original Super Lucky's Tower, but it's got some real BS achievements on there. Like one of them is you have to get like a lifetime fifty thousand coins in the game or something. And I think by the time I've done all the levels in all the different worlds, I think I've only accumulated like, I don't know, 30k if or something like that. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it's not worth the time, personally. So um, I won't be finishing that off. It's more of the easier ones. But, you know, I've been playing some of those games recently. Um, not with FPS boost, but actually, I mean, one thing I would like to bring up in regards to this, as a lot of people were quite surprised about this. I mean, I was, I wouldn't say I was surprised. It was a bit strange why it wasn't included. But when this feature was kind of teased a while back, the one title they used to show it off was, of course, yeah. Fallout 4. It was. Which, of course, has been a complete no-show in terms of this. And seeing as this technology is something which doesn't touch the game code at all, mm. it's actually an interception between the graphical, uh, the graphics code being sent to the GPU. It's like an interception, like a middleman halfway from the game code to the actual hardware. Which well, is I was going to get a little bit technical with you on this because apparently the game itself still thinks it's running at the original frames. It, per second. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so, does it, that, so does that mean that your input controls are also running technically at 30 frames per second, if you see what I'm saying? In theory, yes, because mm. if you was to try and meddle with the game code in some by some external source, I mean, because a lot of, especially older games, a lot of the games obviously run on a fixed tick or they try to. So mm. if you was there's a lot of AI systems in games, for example, mm. whether it's whether it's a an off the shelf engine like Unreal or Unity or an in house one, it all follows the same principle. So if you was to try to increase the frame rate on the game code side of things, 
you uh, you'd actually find that you could uh, really mess up with the simulation. Yeah, yeah. So like AI and physics wouldn't work very well anymore in a lot of cases. So it made sense why you wouldn't want to touch game code anyway. I mean, that's one right. case, but um, of course, to try and tweak game code is is you know you, it's a direct source at that point. It's not something Microsoft can just do. You have yeah, to get permission right. to actually access what is actually a, a private IP asset. You know, mm. so. It's very interesting the way they've done it, as you say. Um, it's like this middleman. I mean, yeah, it uses a bit of AI to do it, but ultimately it's this middleman process in the middle between the game code pumping out its graphics information and then the Xbox actually capturing that from the GPU side of things and putting it on the screen. So I, I remember I did read about how it worked. I can't remember the full proper terminology and details, but yeah, effectively there's a middleman in the middle, which is almost buffering the video and doing some funky stuff of it to to increase it but as you say the the game code is running as it thinks it is so if a game is obviously made to run at 30 fps the game code is running at a 30 tick rate if that makes sense well, that's, yeah no exactly and that, that was kind of my point but they, it's obviously interpolating the frames on the fly but it must be doing it incredibly quickly because you know there's no noticeable lag from input that i that i could detect and i was looking for it because i i kind of knew that the input controls were going to be running at a 30 fps tick rate um and, and was trying to see in a first person shooter whether i could actually feel that but i've got to be honest i couldn't so it's actually a really good solution out of interest was you playing far cry through an external hard drive, or is this internal on the SSD? I, I, I'm SSD. wondering if I'm wondering if this is a technology. I mean, do you know this actually? Do you have to have a game on the SSD for this to work? Because, as you say, there's a lot of data throughput that you have to process on the fly. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if something going through a hard drive, for example, could be quite slow. Like, well, rather the the time for the hard drive to send data to the internal Xbox system to then pump it to the screen could potentially be quite slow, depending on what your hard drive read write speeds are. For example, yeah, so, that's a fair point. I, I don't know. Like I say, the game thinks it's running natively, so I'm not really sure where you know if you're running an SSD and it's loading in assets and stuff, whether that's going to make much of a difference. But I, I will certainly try. It's an interesting point whether you know whether this works on a on an external drive. I, I don't remember anyone ever saying that it wouldn't. So it would just be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. um, but let's let's go around and just ask the sixty-four million dollar questions, and let's start with you still if we can. So oh, okay. so what? What games do you want to see next with this FPS boost? What what games would would um you know would be a show changer for you? Oh man, um, one of the games that I really want to see, and it might have been boosted be uh with the Series X, um, was actually an MMO, um, Black Desert Online, um, and it might it might have already had an unlocked frame rate, uh, but I'm not completely sure. Another game that I think that I would want them to bring back. Man, because I have so dark. Most of the Dark Souls titles, I would definitely okay. like for them to give yeah. them a frame boost. Um, just because I, I've thoroughly enjoyed the the series. Uh, uh -huh. Going back through one um, was always a good time, and just uh, overall, just I think frame boosting that series would be a good look. Uh, what else? Uh, honestly, I mean, there's there's not much else that comes to mind for me personally at the, at the moment that I could think of. Um, that isn't that they're already not putting work into you know yeah no absolutely scott what what would be on your list yeah i, th I think maybe just echo something that steel mentioned there is you know a lot of the games that i'd be interested in they've already given the one x treatment generally in the past that's kind of mm -hmm. given that boost in performance even something like halo mastery collection recently got updated to you know have a, a 120 fps mode so yeah, exactly. i think from from my perspective 
I'm not really too sure. I, I I don't have any games that come to mind that I'm really desperate to play. I'm, I'm trying to think to. I've got a number of 360 games in my black, in my backlog um, that I want to get to. Things like Fable, um, Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey, really games like that that I want to mm. replay. I don't know if they're in 30 or 60. I imagine some of them are in 30. If, if anyone knows that, that would be great. So if they maybe update games that are in my backlog already on 360 and, and give them the boost, then uh, it might bump them up the list a little bit. But from my perspective, I'm not too bothered. I do hear a lot of people talking about Dark Souls, as Steel, Steel yeah, mentioned yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And Red Dead Redemption seems to be pretty high up on everyone's, yeah, people uh, have been asking everyone's list as, as well. But from, from my perspective, I think it's a really cool feature, but it's not going to, uh, I guess, make me play games that I wouldn't otherwise play. It might just, you know, um, maybe... The games that I do want to play, maybe make me get to them a little quicker. Mm, right. No, that's a fair point. Yeah, no, exactly. And to be honest, it kind of answers a question because I was kind of wondering how how important people will see this as a feature, but perhaps people don't. Perhaps it's just uh, I think it's perhaps on the nice to have pile, isn't it, rather than yeah, the must have. I guess. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, Pucks. What what games would you like to see uh, an FPS boost to? Anything specific? Unfortunately, no. I kind of mirror what um, mm, Mr. Right. Rain and Essex Two have said because. Most of the games I think I would like to uh, play with FPS Boost enabled are probably either older Xbox One titles or even 360 titles, which I'd return to. But again, I'm 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 currently right into the you know right in next gen mode that I'm not mm. really it's not really yeah. currently in my scope to want to go back to play you know ten year old titles at the moment. I'm kind of very much invested in what I'm playing like you know new releases right and, and things on Game Pass and things that aren't relatively old. Um, so no, I'm not sure. I think if anything, I'd be quite interested to see how older titles like Fallout Three and Four would perform, mm-hmm. um, as well as obviously some of the older Elder Scrolls games because I love those titles. Yet obviously they didn't necessarily run completely smooth on the original 360 and stuff. So I'd be quite interested to see how they perform. But then well, there are there are mods that allow you to to remove the cap, aren't there, for for both Skyrim and Fallout Four, I believe. Yeah, I, I believe that's true for both of those. Mm. But then I mean. That's true, but I'm thinking from a from from the perspective of do I have to mess about with mods? No, I don't want to do that. Can the right. system do it for me? Yeah, exactly. It'd be nice to know that there is uh, an in-house solution in place that can try to do that. But then, again, the flip side, sorry, is that with the Series S and X anyway, I mean, the power within both of those is substantial enough that I think just from raw power alone, it's able to, to give you a smooth experience from the experience I've had playing some older titles, but I appreciate equally that with FPS Boost, for games which may struggle in back compat mode, it's quite nice to know that the system has got a, a solution in place that can mm. give me a nice silky smooth 60 frame experience playing something from 10, 15 years ago, you know? Exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. And to be honest, you know, I I found myself at the beginning or the tail end of actually last week wishing that a particular game was a higher frame rate and you know so so me myself yourself pucks and one of our friends we 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 all decided to play payday too we hadn't really put any time into it we fancied yeah yeah we fancied the whole heist thing and uh downloaded payday too and it was so jarring that it was running in 30 frames a second particularly obviously being a first person shooter as well so i'd love to see that in 60 frames per second that would be fantastic but but my other big one that you've already mentioned would be red did too i'd love to play that at 60 on the xbox that would be fantastic um 
Uh, I did post the question on Twitter, and a few people come back. One, someone said Rise and Alan Wake would be their picks. Rise um, would be a good one, actually. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I played that not too long ago, and yeah, I think, um, I th yeah, that, that that would look. I mean, it's a gorgeous game to begin with, but it would look yeah. even, even better at sixty. I've been trying to convince Pucks to play that. It's a fantastic game, isn't it? I really, it just gets bad press. I, I, I hate the fact that it gets the press that it does. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it, Pucks, especially considering it's mm. relatively short, maybe six to eight hours as well, so it's not going to take yeah. up a massive amount of your time. But yeah, I, I think it's a really underrated game, and it still looks gorgeous to this day, despite mm. being eight years old now, I guess, at this point. Sorry, which game was this? Sorry, I'm, I think I missed it. Rise. Rise. Oh, Rise. Yeah, that's on Game Pass as well, isn't it, I believe? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Why yeah. have I not checked it out yet? Yeah, I've, I remember watching the original xbox one release trailer back at e3 in the day and i remember that seeing that as a launch title and thinking wow that looked really good but no i just haven't bothered to, oh i say haven't bothered i haven't thought to try to play it so no bringing it to my attention i'll give it a go i'll get it downloaded well, we, we mentioned this a few shows back didn't we i think the whole fact that it had connect integration kind of you know put put a bad spin on it but as a standalone game once all of that was kind of ripped out almost i mean i think you could still use it technically but it's just a fantastic game i really enjoyed it and like luke uh, sorry scott said um you know you can just sort of sit down and play it kind of mindlessly almost i think i've i put a video i played a video once on our podcast playing that yeah um, yeah that no, was cool uh, a couple of the others were um someone else said rise sunset overdrive that's a great game i really like that and archimedes came up with the arkham series again okay yeah oh, that's a good pick yeah yeah but you know, so there are games out there that would really, you know, benefit from this. And someone else said Halo 5 at 120 frames a second. Cool. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I, I am someone that does play older games, I guess, every now and again. Well, I, I tend to play the latest games and then in my sort of downtime in between games, perhaps pick up some of the older games that I've uh, yeah. missed out on. And Payday wow. 2 is definitely one of them. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I really like this um, this technology and I, I hope they expand it quite as extensively like they have auto hdr but uh, we'll have to see on yeah. that one. i think it'll be one of those things flap where you know at the moment i can't think of a game but it'll be something like they'll release one game and then some someone like digital foundry will come out and just say like this game's never played better it's now it's locked exactly. 60 <laughs> and, and uh, it'll kind of give something it. a bit of a boost so i think it'll probably be something yeah. that catches me by surprise that makes me go back where it's a game that i'm not even that isn't even entering my mind at the moment but then once right. it's added it'll be like Oh, actually, I need to check this game out because I didn't play it the first time around, and and now it's playing as good as it can can ever play. Exactly, and that's the strange thing with this selection of games. And you know, uh, Puxley, obviously, you're not that fussed about Far Cry Four, and that's absolutely fair enough. But anyone out there that that kind of feels that they might have an interest in it and just genuinely missed out on it for whatever reason, there mm -hmm. is no better time to play this game because all of a sudden you've got auto HDR. It's running at sixty frames a second. Now is the time to play this game if you're interested, even in the slightest. So uh, unfortunately, it's not one of the titles that's on Game Pass. But oh, that uh, was just about to ask that actually. Yeah. So what, what games out that list? are in game pass actually Ooh, uh, so uh let me find the list where's my yeah. list gone super lucky tail uh snap relief yeah. four definitely is um yeah i don't rise think the is on there are. i mean i know you mentioned someone's mentioned rise in the chat you talked about that that's on game yeah. pass yeah but that doesn't have an fps boost yet oh um, sorry fps boost yeah. specific yeah no so i think it's only uh snap relief four and new super lucky's tail i believe yeah. chat let us know i think that's um i think they're the only ones that are actually currently in game pass but um it seems strange that they put games on there that weren't in Game Pass. I would have expected them all to have been in Game Pass so we could check them out. But uh, Yeah, I think they hmm. basically said it was just the, these are the games that were ready. Um, Jason Ronald talked about 
I think he basically said they were testing some games and they'd maybe get yeah. to the final level and then all of a sudden they'll encounter boost, uh, like bugs. So I think yeah. it's just more a case of these games are the ones that just happened to have been tested fully and they didn't experience any, any makes me wonder. So. Makes me wonder why those games, though. But um, like you say, perhaps yeah, they're testing bugs and these yeah. are the ones that just made it through the QA. But uh, yeah, no, fair enough. Excellent. Uh, are we all caught up on the chat, Pucks? Uh, yes, we are so far, yeah. Fantastic. Want to welcome Indie Gamer, Iuseppo, uh, Demented, Squire, Invader Gaming, all welcome to the chat. Thank you for being with us and helping us through the show. Um, perhaps we'll move on to topic three next, and we'll come to you, Scott. Um, the new Xbox yeah. wireless headset. Interested? Is that your kind of thing? You, you know what it is? I think it's cool as hell, but personally, mm. I'm not interested. I've very recently okay. just bought mm. myself a pair of Arctis 7X right. headphones. Ooh, okay. So, you know, if I wasn't already invested in, in another headset, which the missus very kindly got me for, for Christmas, mm. then I'd definitely be interested. Um, and if anything, I'm pretty much, I'm really surprised that it's taken them this long to get it out. You know, the headset market is bloody massive at the moment so yeah. it's, it's a bit of a surprise it's taken them this long but obviously it's been in development for a while it was pretty cool to see that they had sneaked it into the uh the xbox series x trailer where the the guy in the in the headset from from some of the market at the beginning so mm -hmm. one of the guys in the trailer was actually wearing the headset and so no one no one picked up on that at the time so i think i think it's it's pretty good and i think the main thing that stands out for me about this about this headset if i didn't already have a wireless headset and i would definitely be going for this is the price point i think if you mm. compare it to other headsets in that price range i don't think you're going to be able to beat it um obviously yeah. we don't know quality uh, the audio quality just yet we won't know until it's released and people can actually get their hands on it but certainly from a feature set perspective i don't think anything within that price range really gets close so yeah i, I think it's i think it's really cool um it seems to have been I think it's sold out already pretty much everywhere from from what I've read. It's sold mm. out really, really quickly. So, yeah, I, th I think it's really good. And if I, like I say, if I hadn't already bought one, then I'd definitely be, I'd definitely be picking one up because I think it just looks really nice. First of all, just aesthetically, it's, it's very, very nice to look at. And it's also got the, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the service headphones that Microsoft released. It's got dials yeah. on each yeah. ear cup, which yeah, act as a volume and a, and a mixer, mm -hmm. which I just think is just a really, really nice design. One of the problems I've got with the Arctis 7X is, is the dials are just sort of little wheels on the underside of the ear yep. cups. Every time I pick those headsets, headphones up i change those dials one mm. way or another without fail and i just think that yeah that design is really really nice and um yeah so i, I think these are these are going to sell extremely extremely well yeah i completely agree and i i, I have the uh, turtle beach stealth 600s yeah mm. uh, and they're, they're absolutely fine great sounding uh, headsets and stuff but they are only um xbox wireless so you know there's no bluetooth functionality on yeah. these which i find frustrating because you know if i do want to hook up my phone or you know i obviously had to buy the uh, wireless dongle from a win 10 pc in order to use yeah. those and stuff bit frustrating to be honest so the fact that these come with bluetooth as well and that you can hook them up simultaneously with bluetooth and that's the, a um, really sweet feature. That's that, fantastic, actually, isn't it? Dual connectivity. Mm. One of the reasons I went for the 7X actually over over others is the fact that it comes with a USB dongle, essentially mm. that you can plug into anything. Mm. Uh, so it would work with a PlayStation, work with Switch, yeah. PC, phone. That's one of the reasons I, I went for that because there were some others like the Corsair 
HS670 or something like that, that only had Xbox wireless. So you couldn't use it on any other device. Um, you needed a, you needed the Xbox wireless dongle, as you mentioned there, flat to use, and it was like 150 quid or something. So yeah, um, there's very, because of Microsoft's decision to go with the proprietary wireless connectivity for Xbox sort of controllers and accessories, it really does limit your options in yeah. terms of what headsets and, and, and other accessories you can actually use um, to the point where these uh, accessory manufacturers have to design specific Xbox hardware, you know, with any sort of wireless headset, you can plug into a PlayStation or a Switch or your PC. Xbox doesn't have that luxury, which is a little bit frustrating if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm, I think yeah. they should really change that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's right. I think at that price point with that feature set, particularly with the dual connectivity between Bluetooth and, and Xbox, I, I don't think anything will get close to it. No, exactly. And like you say, the price point, you know, the, the only unknown is, is the kind of quality, but I think Microsoft yeah. quality of first-party accessories isn't so bad. Um, I completely agree that they were a little bit slow. You know, we saw the PlayStation 5 accessories during the PlayStation reveal, unless I'm much mistaken. We saw yeah. the the chargers, the headsets, the camera, and things like that. And obviously, bearing in mind that we'd seen the Series X the December before, probably at least seven months before we'd seen the PS5, like you say, um, I'm a little surprised it's taken this long for this to, to sort of come about. But uh, still, are you in the market for those? Um, to be completely honest, no. Um, okay. <laughs> here recently, I just acquired um, two two pairs of uh, the Rig 800 LXs. Um, honestly, the best pair of head wireless headphones that I've ever had. Uh, really, the best pair of headphones I've had. Um, so I'm not particularly in the in the market for some headphones, mm. but I am thinking about getting them for my PC because for some reason my rigs don't work that well with my PC. The okay. sound, uh, the sound quality cuts in and out sometimes. Um, and I've updated drivers. I've you know maneuvered some things. Um, move some things around and it hasn't changed so i'm definitely considering them um i think they're a great purchase for anybody that's looking for a pair for sure uh for everything that they're doing like you gentlemen said um just being able to simultaneously connect to not only your phone but also the game and to not take your attention away from your experience because you're just you're connected is i think is awesome um it's something that you would that you most of the time have to pay qual uh, top quality or top dollar for. So uh, the fact that they're giving it to you for a hundred bucks versus two to three hundred bucks, I think is magnificent. The fifteen hour battery life that they're that they're talking about, we know that can be subjective. Everybody uh, plays differently. You might play with the volume all the way up. So there's always that. Um, the rotating ear cups, like we were mentioning earlier, uh, that's going to be a great thing, especially if it's on, on either side, um, to make it very easy to access. I know at least on my rigs, uh, sometimes I get confused of which dial that I'm rotating um, mm. because the dials are right above one another or there's they're on top of each other, basically. Um, so unless you've had them for a bit, you, you get accustomed to it. But even now, even now, it's like I reach for it and I turn down the wrong one. I'm like, oh, that's, the, that's not what I was going for. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of potential in these headsets, man. I mean, as we see, uh, they're already sold out, so people are excited for them. Um, they support the Windows Sonic, Dolby Atmos, and the yeah. DTS headphone necks. I mean, that's it, it, a top quality product, man. And for that price point, you can't beat it. So I, I definitely would suggest it to people. 
Really yeah, no, cool. absolutely. You know what? I was really umming and ahhing because, like I said, I'm really happy with me, my current rig, but I don't know, just the fact that they've got a lack of Bluetooth really yeah, uh, really annoys me, to be honest. So I, I was really tempted. Uh, and I think, I can't remember who posted it, there was still some pre-orders left at Game in the UK. I was so tempted to order them by. I managed to resist, thankfully. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Pucks, uh, are you in the, in, are you in the um, market for some new headsets? Would you consider these? I'm not in the market, unfortunately, no. Um, but as definitely as what SS2 was saying, I definitely agree that, you know, given what you get for the price point, these are such a worthy investment. Mm. Um, looking into the chat as well, there's a number of people in our chat showing what headsets they've got. And, you know, they've got some pretty decent headsets in yeah, the chat. I'm jealous of you all. Right. But equally, I mean, the other side of the coin is that they are expensive as hell. I mean, I yeah. can't, I personally wouldn't fork out that much for them. Um, but I appreciate, obviously, there's a load of audio files out there who love to have that crisp, crisp, mm. crystal clear and crisp audio. Yeah. Um, so in comparison to the price points of, you know, other third-party manufacturers to the Xbox stuff, I think it's definitely a good investment. Um, but equally, I mean, as has uh, been said on the panel as well, so that I've just done some quick looking up. I mean, yes, you know, you can use these on Xbox and PC and mobile devices with Bluetooth. It supports Bluetooth 4.2. Um, but equally, as you say, you know, if you're going to buy a pair of headset, uh, yeah, you're going to buy a pair of headphones or whatever. I mean, I for myself, I've got a wired pair. I've got some Logitech G four three threes. Got these in a Black Friday deal about two years ago. Mm. Um, yes, they're wired, but to be fair, they do the job for me. Uh, I'm quite, I'm not too fussed about having to walk away entirely from my rig or controller or whatever else. So it doesn't bother me too much. Um, but I do think it's a very good thing they're doing. One thing, I, one thing I did want to bring up, actually, I think it was you, uh, Scott, who shared this on Twitter the other day, back in the day of the 360 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. like a, a wireless headset was that little weird tiny ear, like Bluetooth earpiece oh, that you used to get, thing. you know? Yeah, yeah. I, love, <laughs> I love that little headset. I, I did. love that little headset. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's I crazy, it. right? It yeah. Flap, you've got one too already, right? you still got one from back in the day? Um, I don't know if I've still got it. I'll have to go digging around. I did say that I've still got my Xbox 360 wheel and pedals. If anyone in the chat knows, will these still work on the Xbox Series X, the wheel and pedals from the 360 <laughs> era? I'd be intrigued to know. Um, see Project Gotham 3, you're going to be playing again anytime soon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah. I find it interesting about, you know, seeing like headsets now as well, again, comparing it to what we got 10, odd years, 10 or so years ago. Like, it just goes mm. to show how much, how far gaming's come, especially, I think, with the yeah. advent of, you know, and the uh, uprising of like Twitch streaming and game streaming, and yeah. to be a streamer, even as a career choice, you know, and people actually making money off of this, mm. having high quality gear is obviously what people want nowadays. And it's, it, I just think it's so interesting to look at the contrast from 10, 15 years ago, as you say, you've got that, mm. the tiny, pathetic looking earpiece to now you've got these fully fledged, full on headphones of super duper Dolby bass and all the rest of it, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, they cost as much as the Series S, don't they? Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah, yeah. serious investment. Yeah, no, absolutely. Pucks out of interest. When was the last time you gamed without a headset on? Oh, <laughs> can, can anyone remember? Because I um, genuinely can, cannot remember. No. My first sort of headset, well, I got a pair of Turtle Beach. I think they were like Stealth 2s or, or, or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. something like that. And it must have been the beginning of the Xbox One generation, I, I, can, mm. I, I think. Um, but I've, I've honestly, since since I've got a headset, I've never I've never looked back. I don't I don't 
play games with without them now. I'm, I'm just thinking back, you know, Flap, I posted that and, and we had a, a little a, a little mm. chat on, on Twitter about that earpiece, but obviously that was just for chat. So we still mm. had the game audio coming out the TV, but we were speaking to people through that little headset and I just looked back and think, how on earth did, did that work? Were people not <laughs> infuriated by the sound of my TV coming through the mic um, when playing shooters and, and, and well, things it had like to, that? It's, it had it's a, completely different times. I think it had quite a primitive noise cancelling on it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah it, 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 it must have. It must have. Yeah, um, yeah but it's just one of those things I, I love back, and I, I love that little headset, but I couldn't go back yeah. to a similar setup these days. You know, I, I couldn't go with without a pair of a pair of headphones or even using just speakers. I, I don't even use speakers these days. I, I remember gaming with people probably back on it – was, it was definitely Call of Duty, probably Black Ops 1 thinking about it in that kind of era where people mm. were, were were using the Kinect as their microphone. <laughs> that was annoying <laughs> because sometimes yeah, that, that would pick terrible. up the TV. Yeah, yeah. that was awful. But um, I say, yeah. uh, Just to quickly add to that, I know, uh, Scott, what you were saying is a bit of a rhetoric there, but I'll be honest, I, think I must be in a bit of a minority because I don't – when I'm playing on the Xbox or if I'm playing just on my own on the PC on a single-player game, I don't actually wear headphones. <laughs> ah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I, so even, when even I'm, especially on Xbox, I just... I mean, when we're playing Halo, for example, yes, I have this same headset on, obviously, with the mic attached, and I talk to you and I hear the audio that way. But no, if I'm playing a single-player game, I tend to just play with, you know, my TV setup speakers, if I'm perfectly honest. Um I suppose that's a good question for the chat, I guess. Chat, do you always game with your head f- headset plugged in or do you use your surround sound setups? Uh, let us know. It's interesting. Would you do that on a first-person shooter then? If we were playing COD together, would you have a headset or would that be coming through your, your speakers? Well, if, we, if we're partied up, I would naturally have the headset on to talk. Oh, yeah, so I would have, the, right. yeah. I'd have yeah. it playing through my, head, my the headset yeah. anyway, the audio. But if I'm playing on my own, then yeah, no, I'd probably still just have my my TV bloating out, if I'm perfectly honest. Oh, right. That's, yeah, that's you know, you're losing an important sense, particularly in first-person shooter online games, definitely. That, I, I, that's true. Mm. I mean, when I have a head headset on, I mean, yes, you can definitely hear footsteps better. But um, I don't know. I never tend to sh- struggle too much without it, if that makes sense. Not to okay. sh- say I'm any super good at these games. You're I'm, not trying good. To, <laughs> I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet here or anything. But He is so good, he doesn't <laughs> even hear it. <laughs> I have it on mute. What are you talking about, guys? Well, to be honest, to be honest, the wall hacks help as well, don't they? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, of course they do, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> We're exposing them. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I thought, you know, because people were sold out, I thought lots of people were probably going to go for this. But it, like, I think what Scott's kind of alluded to, kind of, I think perhaps if these had been available at the, the, at the time of, of the Series X being launched, then perhaps. I don't know. I mean, I know they're hard to get hold of nowadays anyway, the, the headphones. But, um, yeah. yeah, perhaps people would have, you know, because I, I've certainly bought a new pair since the Series X. And perhaps, you know, if they'd been available, I would have probably invested in those, in all honesty. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it's exactly the position I was in. I was looking for a pair yeah. of wireless um, wireless headphones. And had they been there, I would have gone there. Um, I think VJ was as well, from, from memory. He mentioned that he was after a, a decent headset as well, actually, to go with his Series X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it just wasn't available. Obviously, the PlayStation One was available at launch, and I did actually do a little bit of logging this. Actually, flat, I f- found it interesting. Um, mm. I know it's obviously based in the US, but um, the NPDs for January of, uh, of oh, this yeah, year. Go on. Um, and I guess this is all courtesy of Matt Piscatella on Twitter. So if you're mm. interested in this sort of thing, please please give him a follow. Um, but in January in the US, sort of the 
accessory market was worth $222 million just for the one month. Um, And the best-selling sort of headset was the PlayStation Pulse 3D headset was the best-selling headset. Of all the headsets that are available uh, at the moment, that that was the best-selling one. So, you know, it is a big piece of the pie that Microsoft, I guess, have been missing out on. So um, maybe a little late at the party, but maybe maybe better than... um, I guess. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, I hope they haven't missed the boat, but the fact that they've kind of sold out kind of suggests that perhaps they haven't, I suppose. But um, Yeah, I think it's the price point. I really think it's that yeah. price point. Like, it's say, a great price point. The ones yeah. in, in the market. Some of the guys have been talking about A50s, which are about 250 in the UK. Um, I was looking at some Corsairs that were about 150, 160, and they only worked with Xbox. They didn't have Bluetooth. Yep. Um, the 7X that I've got were 140 on sale. Um, mm-hmm. The 9X that comes with the Bluetooth is like 200 quid. So that yeah. That price point for that feature set is 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 is, is going to mean that that will will sell out um, and, and be a very good seller for Microsoft, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Are we caught up with the chat, Pucks? No, I've got a few things I can read out here. Go on, then. What have we got? Uh, one here from Pong Sol who says the feature list is value at ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Leap of faith, hoping that MS learned from mistakes on the last headset and are creating a high quality product while undercutting the rest of the headset market. Uh, I've got some comments here about just what other people have. So Demented Squire 7 says they're holding back on this headset, um, though they really need to be amazing to move me away from my Astro A50s. Um, Il Seppo says they've got the uh, Sennheiser G500s. Nice. So very good setups there. Uh, regarding my question of do you always game with headsets or not, uh, Demented Squire 7 says not always, sometimes TV. Uh Multi-layer with chatting, definitely headset, and yes, I agree. Uh, rhythm games and for immersion, I use headset and sub-pack. Uh, and Luke Steele says, if I'm on my own with my Series X, I have a 7.1.4 surround sound set up to blow the doors off. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, you... it's headset on. <laughs> no, I, I used to have a 7.1 and, and game with that. But it, it, you know what? I don't care how good your setup is. It still does not beat a pair of, of decent heads, you know, headset or headphones, to be honest. Um particularly nowadays with Dolby Atmos and stuff where you can actually start to pinpoint whether footsteps are coming from behind and all kinds of up down and all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, you just lose something as as it's traveling. It's great for films and and stuff, but but, yeah, I I never massively enjoyed gaming in 7.1 if I'm completely honest. It it, it certainly didn't compare to to a headset, but uh, I I suppose when it comes to headsets though, I suppose it depends on again, what you have and what you can afford to have. Cause I don't know about you, but I mean, I say I got mine in a black Friday sale about two years ago for about 40 Mm. quid. Um, but when I have these these this headset on for too long, this might sound a bit strange, but I feel like my but ears are getting too hot. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's perfectly valid, mate. Yeah, perfectly yeah. valid. So I think that's probably a bit of that is to why I don't always like wearing them for what I know is going to be a longer playing session, unless I'm talking with people. But uh, mm. I can appreciate I don't know. if you've got some super duper expensive, comfortable ones, then you never want to take them off. No, exactly. I don't know if anyone else wears glasses, but when I game, I have to wear glasses. And my turtle beaches, yeah. they, they have a nice soft bit of sponge on the top of the ear cup. So, so you can wear glasses quite comfortably. But if it didn't have that, it'd be horrible. Excellent. Okay, um, that's cool. Are we are we done with the uh, comments, Pucks? Uh, yeah, cool? that's that's up to date so far. Fantastic. You know, thank you. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a surprise those coming along, and like you say, they sold out really quickly. And I'm really pleased to see the uptake with right. these headsets. And I'm just really, I just hope that the quality lives up to the price point, really, um, and beyond. I, I wonder if Microsoft might be taking a loss. I guess they wouldn't take a loss on on accessories like they would a console at all. But um, yeah, no, just just quickly, wonder. actually, I've just seen a comment from Pong Soul who just said. 
this headset could be a test for Xbox, and they may look to create an elite-level headset down the road. That's a very solid point. Absolutely. Yeah, and to be honest, I am expecting an Elite Series 3 controller to be announced this year. Oh, for sure. Especially Um, based off that new controller. The new controllers, I mean, everybody's saying nothing but great things about it. Well, you know, know, I've got the Elite 2, and it's missing the share button for a start. Uh, And uh, I think the low latency can happen in a a controller patch. Um, but uh, you know, it has to be patched for that to work. I think so, even I think even with that, if you uh, guys remember, even Jason Ronald said, um, I think I think it was discussed. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, that yes, the Elite Series Two controllers are getting an update, but even mm-hmm. then, it's not going to be the same as um, with the actual Series controllers. Um, yeah. It's still not going to be as good. So. Depending on the, I actually pick up the uh, the, the controller that came with this. Depending on the game, because if, like you say, yeah, playing, for sure, for sure. If I'm playing something like Halo or COD, I've got all my setups and all the paddles on the back. Brilliant. But if I'm not, then I tend to pick up the Series X controller that came with it because I absolutely love that little thing. I think it's a fantastic mm. controller, yeah. the best controller that's ever come. You know, the the best vanilla controller that's ever come with a console, in my opinion. For sure. But, for sure. You know, absolutely. Um, chat, thank you very much for being here. Um, let's just move on to the last topic, if we can. In fact, we've probably got let's a couple, uh, and we'll do them quite quickly. We'll come to you first, Steel. Did you see in the news that uh, Sega is really happy with the results of uh, Xbox Game Pass? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely I definitely saw the news on that. Um, I, I, think, I think it's actually... Uh, one of the i think it's actually a great thing because xbox and sega have always had a solid relationship with each other mm. um the fact that they've finally been able to put um yakuza into the xbox environment and doing it through game pass to allow just a mass audience to have the access to a yeah. title that has never been on an xbox console um mm. i feel like that's extremely important um and the love that it's been getting, I feel like is also extremely important because again, um, many people have said something similar to this, but if we do not show these titles love, um, or if people don't show that they're interested in these titles and these people, they're not, these studios and these people are not going to try to, or be hard pressed to bring those titles over, um, or try to step out of their, I guess you could say comfort zone, um, hmm. especially when it comes to Game Pass. Because I mean, let's be honest, um, everybody's still questioning. I can imagine still the big companies are still questioning it. Oh, how is it viable? How are we doing this? Even though it's working and it's 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 proving itself every month, month over month, it's proving itself. Um, I mean, shucks, right now we're on a path of a million subscribers a month. That's insane. Um, so I can only imagine how how much of an excitement it brings to Sega um, just to get get more attention on their products. And I, I think it's a, it, I think it's the early signs of so I think there's something happening. I, I mean, again, it's another one of those ledges. I really feel like there's maybe something deeper going on between mm. Sega and Xbox. Um you know, you don't just keep doing good business the way you've been doing good business with Sega going through um, everything that they've been going through and not being as relevant as they used to be and having all the IPs that they have. I, I think it'd be a great move for Xbox to jump into that pool. But uh, again, it's one of those things we'll see. Um, I'm gl- I'm just glad that Sega is actually getting some more love because uh, honest, to be completely honest, Sega's kind of like it's kind of one, kind of one, one of those things that I grew up with as a kid. Sonic mm-hmm. is is he's willing for all, ever always be in kind of like an idol to me. Um, you know, I'm always gonna hold him to a, to a, that character to a regard, kind of like how exactly the same way Master Chief 
is for Xbox. Um, they, you know, you they they represent that brand in such a way where if they're used correctly, um, man, it could flush out the market in so many different ways. Absolutely, and I was really pleased to see this kind of comment from Sega and stuff because you know exactly. I don't think I don't think we as consumers of Game Pass have any doubt that it's a fantastic value. But to see the developers and particularly one of Sega's stature, you know, complimenting it like they have, it's fantastic to see. And to be honest, exactly. I was having a chat with um, Stubbs on uh, Twitter backwards and forwards. He was <laughs> kind of saying about you know the how great Yakuza is, and I know VJ. Um, he's a huge Yakuza fan, and, and Stubbs was sort of going through about you know how, how it's hooked him as a story and stuff. And I've I've never really been privy to that story, so I've, I've got um, Yakuza Zero downloaded, ready, and waiting to go for when I'm um, looking to start a new game. To be honest, um, yeah, it's really exciting to see Luke. Um, do you think this is a, a pointer of something that could happen a little further down the line, or is this just um, you know Sega literally showing their gratitude? Just check that, will you? Talk to yeah, me, yeah, Pox. Yeah, just, just wanted to check me. That don't, don't, don't worry. Um, I, I didn't, didn't come as much of a surprise. I don't think it mm. means an awful lot. I think it just helps maybe answer the question as to you know whether Game Pass is viable for for developers in in the long term. Mm. You know, if you've got a massive publisher the size of Sega coming out and saying it works for them, then you know. I mean, I'd, I would always argue that consumers shouldn't really worry too much about it anyway. Let Microsoft worry about the money. But I, I think it's just it just shows that Xbox is good for not only us as gamers and consumers, but also developers as well. And I think you know Sega wouldn't be putting all of the Yakuza games in yeah, the exactly. Game Pass if they if they weren't seeing success. I think one of the things they pointed out was Two Point Hospital had got like three million players, and a large part of that was down to Game Pass. You look at EA recently talking about the number of EA access or EA player subscribers had basically doubled since it went into uh, as, as a perk with Game Pass Ultimate. Shows that you know, it, it is good for developers, not not just gamers as well. And that really gives me confidence that you know the at least the current price point is viable for for at least the sort of short to, to mid term at the moment. So I just really hope it um, it means that some other Sega franchises that maybe I'm really thinking of Persona here more than anything come to Xbox in future because of the success that that Sega has seen with games like uh, particularly Yakuza on, on on Xbox. Do you know one of the other titles that Sega were pointing towards? Uh, you know, with with regards to the success of Game Pass, it, it, it was Yakuza, obviously the Yakuza franchise, but it was Two Point Hospital yeah. as well. They seem they seem absolutely delighted that it had got the reception that it had on um, game pass and i've got to be honest i've not played two-point hospital my daughter played it for a little bit and we watched a few comical youtube videos around kind of what it's all about and stuff but uh, yeah it seems strange that they've really sort of focused on the two-point hospital part of it that they're, that they're really pleased to see how well it's performing Have yeah so i think no, go on I was just gonna say, I think it's a game that a lot of people might not have might not have checked out. I mean, I used to play Theme Hospital back in the day <laughs> on my PC. That was a long time ago. I didn't play Two Point myself. My girlfriend played it quite a lot, but it was one of those games that we wouldn't have picked up if it wasn't in Game Pass. In Game Pass, she she wouldn't have played it. So mm. um, it really just goes to show how Game Pass can really open up people to new games and new genres that they wouldn't typically play, and that's only good for developers in in future. Um, it, it means people will be more likely to check their game out or buy it or buy DLC or, uh, and obviously they're getting the cut from Microsoft for the game being in there anyway. Obviously I don't know how those deals are structured, but 
you know they're getting a kickback from from Microsoft. So yeah, it's it's just good to see developers and and publishers, especially someone the size of Sega, just coming out and just saying how good it is for them as well. And it it really just does seem a win win for everyone at the moment. Well, no, absolutely. And Puxley, you know, early on in our um, podcasting career, shall we call it, about seven, eight months ago, um, we, you know, we were questioning how Game Pass was funded and, and what's in it for the developers, or, or not, not so much what's in it for the developers. I think at the time, um, it was assumed a lot of indie people would, you know, indie developers might try to capitalize on, on Game Pass because of the audience that it brings with it. But when you see larger publishers as well and, and developers come along and, and praise it like they have been, it's, it's fantastic to see. Was you surprised to see Sega come out and sort of uh, commend it like they did? I was, I was pleasantly surprised, yeah, because mm. I think bef- just before that announcement, I had read some other articles that about um, other kind of developers and other, a few other publishers almost questioning if if the model will work in the long term. And there was a, a few developer articles I read where they were stating that they wasn't sure whether or not games would have to potentially, or rather developers would maybe have to adjust how they make games to fit the Game Pass model, which I found... A bit interesting, but it's the whole thing was written in a uh, quite a negative light, in a way, as if to say it's not good because developers have to change how they make games. Which I, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a full time not full time developer or anything, so I can't necessarily comment on whether I agree or disagree on that. But it did make me wonder where that kind of thought process came from, if I'm perfectly honest. So when I did see that that Sega was saying that we're seeing great sales, I thought that was really good news. And as you say, um, them highlighting specifically a game like Two Point Hospital. Um, I thought it was very, very interesting. Um, and I think also because a game like that is, I mean, if anything, it's a throwback to the old school, like theme hospital titles and other yeah. theme games. It's kind that of a sense. natural successor, yeah. So it's quite nice. And I imagine those kind of games haven't really existed in a massive capacity in, in recent years, have they? They're kind of are almost a relic from the late 90s and early 2000s to a degree. Mm. So it's quite nice to see that they're focusing on that. And hopefully those kind of games, well, a lot of people might have given it a miss because of the type of game that it is and they might not have been brought up with it and therefore don't necessarily have any nostalgic feel for it. So to have a game like that on Game Pass, as you say, where people could just jump in and play it and try it out, to then see that they've got 3 million or so downloads and active players playing it, you know, um, for its lifetime, I guess, I think that's very good news and it's a good advocate for it. Um, but then as, as Still was saying as well, like, um, I'm a, as I've said before, you know, a massive Nintendo fan, love Legend of Zelda and Super Mario and stuff. But my my first foray into into gaming was Sonic the Hedgehog on the on the Mega Drive or the Genesis, as it's known in the states. Huh. And I've definitely got a soft spot for right. Sonic the Hedgehog. So yeah, if if Sega are saying all these good things about it, I'm hoping it's only a matter of time until they start bringing the Sega franchise to Game Pass, uh, Sonic franchise to exactly. Game Pass. Sorry. Yeah, I'd well, love to see that. <laughs> yeah, like you know, the, the rumors of the Microsoft acquisition of Sega are still bouncing around, and you know, lots of people think it's not going to happen. Some people think it is. Fair enough. What, what you know, we don't know. Whatever. But like you say, either way, that doesn't stop Sega bringing more, more and more of their titles to um, to Game Pass, uh, and mm-hmm. that would be fantastic. Like you say, if they could bring the Sega, uh, the Sonic franchise, um, how awesome would that be? Um, yeah, no, completely agree. Um, let's just do one quick last round then, if we can. Uh, final okay. topic, uh, Fall Guys, um, Ultimate Ooh. Knockout, coming to Xbox finally. It's been rumored for a long time. Steel, have you played it? Do you like it? Um, me, personally, I don't have any interest in Fall Guys, man. Uh, this, like, the party games, 
I, I kind of fell off since uh since after Mario Party, man. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm if I'm looking for a party game, uh, Mario Party is the one I go to, or I go uh, to Super Smash Brothers, or I jump on Mario Kart. Um, those are more the games that I would personally jump uh, move towards. Um, even though Fallout is uh, Fall Guys is available on PC. Because they are charging twenty dollars for it, I am not willing to even pay twenty dollars okay. to try it. Um, it's one of it's one of those things. Uh, I know it was uh, free, I believe, on PlayStation, and I know there's a lot of people who have been enjoying it, um, and it had a lot of hype. Um, but I believe I had a conversation earlier in the week about it. Um, Fall Fall Guys has seemed to kind of fall behind. <laughs> Needless hmm. to say, um, their their player base has kind of died off a bit. So I feel like it coming into game pass is going to give us some more uh is going to in revitalize it give it some uh, give it another boost uh give it a give it more attention than it had before again i'm always for uh those kind of style party games to be cross-platform i i feel like it should be i mean you want that attention you want to garner that um the popularity of the people um but you also have to understand they're fighting against Among Us. Um, even though it is a different style of game, it's still getting everyone's attention, and mainly because it's on everything. And and to be honest, um, even on PC, people are willing to pay five bucks to even just try it out. Um, I did, you know. And again, Among Us, I don't, I didn't personally wouldn't just jump on it, but um, it was a decent time. You know what I mean? Five dollars versus like twenty bucks to try out a game or even free um with game pass it's what it's what it's one of those things man but um i think it's a great thing uh, i think they'll see another boost in their uh population for the game and uh we'll see if they can continuously if they can continuously um do deliver content for the game and keep it alive yeah no absolutely um scott is this is this a game that you've played before I've I've not played it. I'm actually on the opposite side of the the fence of steel. Oh, I'm actually on. really really excited to finally see this game come to come to Xbox. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a game that I saw obviously blow up on on Twitch in particular for PC and PlayStation. That mm-hmm. I really felt like I was missing out on something happening, yeah, like something really big. Um, my laptop isn't good enough to play games on. I don't have a PlayStation, so I, I felt like I missed out. It, it was actually interesting when it first got announced. It was announced for Switch during the recent Nintendo Direct, and there was no announcement for Xbox at the time. And I just thought, oh, well, it mustn't be coming to Xbox for one reason or other. I thought maybe it mm-hmm. just missed ball. And then it was the following day they announced it. And mm-hmm. I tweeted about it at the time, and I said I, I kind of expressed my excitement for it coming out. And I got a few replies basically saying, why it's a dead game and i was like oh what since since when well i i think that maybe just adds to what what steel mentioned there where maybe the player base has has suffered a little bit but really that that style of game that party game um family friendly party game is is kind of missing from xbox at the moment it's something that they don't really have all the games that you mentioned there really steel were sort of on the switch so for mm-hmm. xbox owners who don't have a switch they they don't have that that luxury so i think it's a great game for xbox to have and, and hopefully it does revitalize the player base if it has suffered a little bit recently as well it's probably worth mentioning that it isn't coming to xbox game pass so you will have to pay for it on xbox as well mm-hmm. uh, but i think 20 dollars or pounds or whatever it'll be i think seems reasonable the developers seem to have supported it really really well um i think they're up to season three now or something like that so i'm really excited to play with friends and i know the group that i typically play with um, pretty much everyone in my group is excited to finally be able to check it out. They've seen it on Twitch and they've seen it sort of blow up and 
they really want to just have a bit of a laugh, you know, rather than maybe something more serious like Call of Duty or Halo or something. Mm-hmm. They just want to have a bit of a laugh with friends. And I think that is something that is really missing Xbox. So really looking forward to that coming out. I wish it was a bit sooner than summer. Summer just feels so far away. Yeah. It's kind of one of those games that I felt they should have announced and it should have come out the next week or even the same day or something like that. But yeah, whenever it comes, I'm, I'm going to be checking out and I'll, I'll definitely be picking up day one. Yeah, no, fair enough. I and mean, there's a couple of points around this. Um, first off, Pucks and I have played it. Um, we, we, in fact, we've put a video. We've got a video on our channel um, that where we both play it actually. And Pucks, well, I won't spoil the video. Watch the video. Um, yeah, it's it's one of our earlier videos actually. But yeah, Pucks and I play it, and uh, yeah, we get to. Well, I get knocked out early, so that's hardly a surprise. <laughs> but no, we get to see how well Pucks does. Um, so definitely check it out. I mean, if if you're new to it and you want to check it out, that's fine. But you know what? I, I've always thought this should be a free to play game. I, I'm perplexed as to why it's not a free-to-play game because it is a game that has lots of sort of skins and you know an in an in-game currency and stuff where they could actually make their money that way and this would be the perfect game for game pass and i'm absolutely astounded that it's not coming to game pass to be honest um a probably because the developer would get some money out of it anyway but like like you've alluded to you know if it is a slightly dying game then then to get it onto game pass and essentially again free in inverted commas um you know people feel more inclined to actually spend some more money on skins and upgrades and things like that so really good point it's it's a it's a really strange maneuver by the developers themselves i would suggest i'm i'm sure um microsoft have tried their damnedest to to you know get the developers to concede to get it onto game pass but they're obviously holding holding their grounds and that's fair enough and you know it's one of those sort of seasonal games that you know where they can sort of bring out new um sort of uh, assault courses and all kinds of stuff uh, pucks what's your take on all of this do you think it should be free to play i was actually going to comment on that i'm glad you said um i think it would do well if it was However, I can understand why it's not because Mediatonic, I think, are only about a 300 strong studio anyway, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of people, but they're not the biggest studio when you compare it to the big leagues, so to speak, quote unquote. Um, and I can only imagine that maybe the reason it's not free to play is because I don't think they have many kind of big games under their belt. So maybe as a studio, maybe they can't afford to throw it out as a free to play because unless they know that it was going to get the return back on you know, in-game purchases, that maybe it wasn't worth it or maybe it wasn't but, worth the risk. But we know that works as a model. You know, I know Fortnite is probably a different league, but we know that that can work as a model, don't we? It works, yes, it works as a model, but only as long as the game is popular and people are playing it and buying stuff, you know? But, but surely one thing that makes the game less popular is not so many people paying for it and buying it? Do you see what I mean? It's a bit of a True. catch-22, isn't it? Okay, so I think one of the problems of Fall Guys when it first came out and the reason why a lot of people say it's a, you know, a dead game it's just because there wasn't as many mini games as I think a lot of people would have liked. So the variety mm. kind of dwindled quite quickly. So I think if it was a free to play at launch with that limited selection of mini games to play, I think a lot of people would have very quickly jumped off of it as soon as, you know, as much as they jumped on. Sorry, as quick as they jumped on. Whereas I guess if you're asking for players to pay for the title to play it, you can then, as a developer, you almost, you're guaranteed that that income with that revenue you know you've got that share of players that have invested into the game and you're hoping that they then stay around obviously as time's gone on they've now started the whole seasons thing and they've got people mm. playing and they are slowly getting more mini games out there but i'm wondering if the you know the limited capacity of the studio just from you know the the employee count is maybe a restriction as to why they can't get content out as quick perhaps um but the other side of the coin mm. is that they are they do a lot of um 
partnerships with Twitch, you know, like uh, Prime Gaming yeah. or Twitch yeah. Gaming, whatever it's called now. So, you know, you as long as you've got Twitch Prime, you can claim your free, uh, you know, full guys skin or a set of skins, whatever it is, and you can kind of get involved that way. So I think they're engaging the player base in that regard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree that in time, maybe it could turn into a, a free-to-play. Because, I mean, look at something like Rocket League, for example. I mean, for the first four or five years of its life, it was a paid-for title. Yeah, that's true. And it wasn't the biggest game either. It's only because over time people got invested in it, they saw it on Twitch or they saw it played. Um, you know, you jump into the game, you really like it. And eventually, once you know you've got a dedicated hardcore player base that are willing to invest their time in the game, no matter what else is available, then I think it would be a good time for them to potentially go free-to-play and hopefully then expand their player base further. But this but this is why I think getting it into Game Pass would would actually it would actually be brilliant for everyone because not only do the developers actually get still get some money per download or click or whatever, but people with Game Pass feel like it is free. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it, I it feels like a win-win. I suppose this is is it maybe a negative of Game Pass then when you say because I agree with that feeling that you've almost feel like you got it for free, mm. but then to some degree you then because of that mindset you're not dedicating all your time to playing it, you know, rather than paying for a game yeah. and then playing it and going, yeah. oh, I've played for this. I'm going to give it a bit more time. And then you start to really like it. But then if you've got this massive like library, which you say, I'm, I've done it, I'm guilty of it. I do it all the time. I, mm. I, I love trying out all these different games, but because I'm trying out so many on the try at any one time, I, you mm. know, I can only dedicate my time to so many. So there are some potentially really good games I'm not putting my time to because there's this other one I found which I just preferred more, you know? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic yeah, point. And like you say, you know, perhaps that is one of the downsides of, of Game Pass is that you can be a little bit more less um, sort of dedicated to a certain game. And like you say, if you are a small game that needs to make money on the back of sort of um, in-game purchases, then yeah, perhaps you are less entitled to or inclined to do that. It's a good point. But I do agree that in time it would be nice to see a game like... Um, uh, four guys come to Game Pass. I think obviously a lot of people mm. will then jump on the bandwagon more at that point. And as as uh, as Rain said, you know, Among Us is only like what three fifty or five dollars, whatever it is. As mm. you say, in comparison, Four Guys is I don't know fifteen twenty quid. So yeah. I can definitely see why people would maybe not jump into something with a slightly higher price tag. Um, but then I sp- the other question that I had with regards to Four Guys, and that I hope it does have, is crossplay. Um, yeah. Because I think I say we have it on PC. Um, if anything, I thought about this, and I'd quite like to try it out on Switch, actually. Because um, hmm. I really enjoyed seeing that, and both my partner and I, when we saw the Nintendo Direct and saw the Four Guys announcement, we both kind of said immediately and shouted out that this is definitely made for Switch. You know, it's that kind of party, cartoony vibe. Yeah. Um, but then, I guess for the people that got it for free on PlayStation and those that are playing it on PC, I can't see many people potentially double-dipping in on a different platform. Um and if people are basing their opinion on whether or not they buy the game on the fact that it is a quote-unquote dead game or not, then I'd like to think that by having cross-play, you then make sure that all your player base are still playing with people that are into the game, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's a, it's a highly missed opportunity. Um, the fact that cross-play wasn't enabled from the beginning, mm. um, because, I mean... It's one of those things, why not put everybody together? If you're worried about cheating, make sure that you have that side of it covered. Um, I mean, as we see people on PC, they, they cheat into it. I mean, you can't prevent everything, but at least, you know, put it out there more so you have more eyes on it. And then it could be a turnoff when you only have so many people that you can play with, you know, instead of just opening the uh, opening the faucet. 
per se. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's an interesting strategy, and I'm sure the devs know what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, like you say, perhaps one day it will be free to play or, you know, because I just feel that it expands the, the player base massively at that point. That's, that's but, right. Um, nice. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, we said we've got all the full guys coming to Game Pass, but they're not coming to Game Pass thing. So maybe it's all a massive ruse. And actually, <laughs> it is coming to Game Pass after all. It's just going to be announced in August or something. Well, I was going to say, there's, <laughs> there's plenty of time between now and it landing in the summer for, for, for things to change, I guess. But the, the mm. devs do seem quite keen on making sure that the right message is put out there. And, you know, the, the message at the moment is that it's not coming so to Game Pass. But, uh, yeah, interesting. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. I've really enjoyed today's show. Um, Covered quite a few topics and Thank stuff, you. and uh, yeah, it's nice to to chew the fat and go over quite a few different sort of topics and stuff. And we're still waiting for the the major bombshell that Microsoft. I'm, I'm hoping they're going to land in a couple of weeks. Um, I think the fact that the you know the the Bethesda um, acquisition has finally gone through would be quite a good one. And like I say, I think that might unlock the door for some other information to start sort of flowing out, perhaps. But um, yeah, that's no, been fantastic. Thank you, chat. It's been absolutely great to have you guys um, interacting with us as well because, like I say, you guys bring a different aspect and uh, we love bouncing off of each other. Um, Still Rain, thank you for, for being with us on the second show. We'll have to get you back again. Um, oh, for sure. Always. Oh, it's always a, always a good time on the GP with the GPG crew, man. Uh, again, flat, Pugsley, any anytime, man. Even SX2, he might as well be a regular at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, man, any, anytime you guys need me, just call on me. If I'm available, I am have no problem with being on. I love hanging out with you guys. Uh, I love the energy you guys bring. Again, coming from a different angle, not always uh, being mundane and hitting the topics exactly how everybody else would hit them. Um, and just overall, just giving it to the people in such a way um, that could be understood and you can just feel the energy, you know, and that, and that's what it's about for me. The vibe, the energy, the feel, um, just putting that soul back into gaming, man. Um, but yeah, man, it was a great time tonight, boys. Again, uh, I want to thank y'all for allowing the rain to be in the GPG kingdom. Um, <laughs> this fine Sunday. And, uh, other than that, gentlemen, uh, it's, I still rain. I everywhere to tease a seven, um, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Xbox, whatever you, whatever you prefer, type that in you should be able to find me other than that my dms is open um just come talk to me hey man and other than that keep it live raw and uncut and uh gentlemen it was a good one now well thank you very much for for bringing the energy that you inevitably always do it's always great to have that thank you i agree um, yeah no problem scott again regular to the show thank you for being here my friend we're gonna we're gonna tie up this week and try and get a little bit more um, Halo practice under our belt, and I am going to try and sure. stream it as well if I can. So keep an eye out for that and see how well, stroke badly we and stroke I do. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, thank you for being here, my friend. No, thank, thank you very much for having us again. It's got to the point now where I think I've actually lost count. This is maybe five, six, or seven, something on those lines. Yeah. So I really appreciate you guys um, giving me the opportunity to come on. So, yeah, thank, thank you very much again. And obviously, Steel Rain, fantastic to have you on. Honestly, anytime I come after Steel Rain, it, it, I always feel like I, I can't bring that same enthusiasm. <laughs> you good. Uh, you good. You good. Great to have you on. But, yeah, great show is always flat to end. And, uh, yeah, Sim, obviously, Pucks as well. Thank you very much. Excellent. Well, expect both of you expect your your next invites in the post imminently. Uh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Pucks, Not a problem. Let's talk about our Discord channel. Yes, uh, also on our previous show, was it two weeks ago now? There was a number of yeah. you in the chat that mentioned that you'd like links to a Discord channel, which didn't exist at the time. So, 
Flapper and I have been working on putting one together and we've now finally put together a community Discord page. So if you would like to join us on our new Green Pass Gaming Discord, we will have a link to that in our description below once this video is over. Um, you should be, if all goes well, you should be able to click on that and then accept the, the kind of automated invite and then by all means, please help us make it grow. We're pretty new to Discord ourselves, so we kind of want to build and grow this with you guys. So yeah, if you guys want to interact with us or with each other um, on the, over there, then by all means, please join. No, absolutely fantastic. And like I say, with, with the the invites, there will be a link to any invite in the uh, description on the YouTube video, and we'll be posting it out on Twitter as well. Fantastic. Love to see you there. Um, yeah, and we're going to start streaming some stuff there as well. And I, I don't know if we can multi-stream. Perhaps someone who with better knowledge than I knows whether you're able to sort of simultaneously stream to both Discord and YouTube at the same time. But let us know on that front. Um, guys, thank you, chat. Thank you very much for, for being with us. Um, Stubbs Gaming is Stubbs Cast is actually interviewing Rand Althor 19. And that's going to be a fantastic one. He is someone yes, I follow um, very regularly, obviously, one half of the Xbox Two podcast. Um, I encourage us all to, to, to jump over to that, retune our radios, as it were, and jump over to the uh, Stubbscast uh, program just to tune into that. It's going to be fantastic. Mm. Guys, everyone, thank you for being here. We love doing this. Uh, we'll be back next week with more topics to discuss. Hopefully, there's more news that's going to happen in the meantime. Um, and we'll see you on the next one.